Oh, hi there. Welcome to Riot Act, the alternative music podcast. I mean, what what did you expect it to be? Fucking idiot. My name's Stephen Hill. Uh, his name's Renfrey Deadman. Hello. Captain of the ship. <laughs> Coming aboard. A permission to board you. Um... The HMS Rem Dog. Oh, I'm very glad you mentioned that. Yeah, uh, this is in reference to um, I got called. Oh goodness me, what was the compliment? Uh, a stately. I got. I, I, apparently, I'm stately like a big ship, <laughs> and supposedly <laughs> that's a compliment. I think that is quite a good compliment. A big ship, mate. Mm. Like you a galleon. Much, oh, you don't get much better than a big ship, do you? <laughs> it's, it's one word, one letter away from <laughs> yeah. something not very good. Yeah, but crucially it, it is good so um yeah i don't know I, yeah I, I i guess i'm trying i'm actually making it probably doesn't look like it but i'm making efforts to become a smaller ship if you will at the moment and uh i think it's the last thing i needed <laughs> but <laughs> never mind, state of mind. <laughs> never um, mind it's yeah. fine oh well you know i think i think you're taking the whole shit thing I think I literally am. Yeah, don't I, take it literally. I think the person who gave me the compliment definitely meant it as a compliment, and it's fine. So I mean, I, when that guy called me a wank stain or something, or like a cheesy knob end, uh, I didn't mean yes. it kind of thought he didn't mean it literally. He just meant he didn't like me. And that's oh, it was definitely definitely literal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, I'm a human being. Penis, the ends of penises, no matter what condition they're in, they can't speak. This has gone awry. Welcome we're, to the show. We're an alternative music podcast. We are an alternative music podcast. Um, thanks to Musicism for letting us say things like this. Uh, being our mates and... Uh, being really patient with us. Like, yeah, letting us do stuff like this. Paying for all this gaff yeah. uh, and stuff. Gaff, gaff, stuff, stuff. Stuff. That we're, uh, we're speaking on now. Um, and as a return for that, we talk about them... Um, and the great stuff they do, helping you, the budding musician, become better at your craft through a series of online tutorial videos. That's what they do. Uh, they do it for singers, guitarists and producers. Musicism.net, £9.99 a month is where you can sign up. Coming up to Christmas would make a lovely Christmas present <sighs> for your it? busker friend. Wouldn't it just? Um, your busker friend. You've got a friend. He's a busker. He's not very good. You're too scared to tell him. Oh, what can I do? And I've got to get him something for Christmas. And annoyingly, yeah. his uh, you you're on a budget, obviously. What's this? What's this Secret busker's? Santa, isn't it? What's this busker's repertoire? We've got Wonderwall. I'm assuming he plays. Oh, mate. While we're there, now this won't be very good for the podcast, but I have to show you this video. Okay. Because speaking of buskers, this is sometimes you know you get a really awful busker. Mm -hmm. um, we will put this on the Right Act Facebook page. This video, so you can all see it. Yeah. But I do, I do want to show you this video because. It made me laugh quite a lot. Renfrey, just have a little look at this video that someone sent me the other day. It's really good. He's playing Sweet Caroline's, you can probably hear. <laughs> yeah, we'll put that on the Facebook page. It's really good. It's really good. You know oh that? my goodness gracious me. Yeah, yeah that's good. Uh, from the Cavern Club. Yeah, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That is very you been, been framed. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, yeah, 9 99 a month for your tutorials for this busker friend of yours who, mm. who will treat slightly nicer than that yeah um and you can right. get 25 percent off when you put the code riot in the checkout see what in capitals in capitals i can't believe in capitals <laughs> but it is um oh, we got some news here's a few things listen the last few months we haven't done much other stuff and sorry about that you'll probably know why if you listen to the show every every uh, every week um but we are slowly but surely 
getting back to some sort of normality. We have just been discussing for uh, a fairly lengthy amount of time before recording the show. Uh, there is a plan in place and stuff mm. is happening. So that's why I've not mentioned the Patreon page for a while because it feels a bit uh, do you know what I mean? Well, it feels a bit cheeky. I mean, obviously, you, well get this, you get this for free every week, blah, 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 blah. But it feels a little bit cheeky asking for money to for people to not get any specifically additional content. Yeah. But that's so, all set to change. Yeah, we will be doing that. So there's a couple of things. First thing, um, Renfrey did a mono special, the uh, the Japanese post-rock, but not post-rock. Quite. Ban, as I learned from listening to the to that podcast. Did you enjoy it, Steve? I did, yeah, it was really good. And I'll good. tell you what was like, no offence to you, Renfrey, but Hello. the guests we had. Uh, so we had Serena from Svalbard, A.A. Yeah. Williams and Joe Quell also as guesting. Um, and fantastic. And they were really, really great. Yeah. And uh, they obviously love that band and think very deeply about music. And that's the kind of thing that we want to bring you more of. It was a, actually, it was a really wonderful chat, actually. Yeah, it, was it was a really wonderful really day. Good. And, yeah, really good. Um, and I don't really know anything about that band at all apart from i didn't really like their last album people have um uh said some really nice things about it so thank you very much for that and um have asked us to do sort of more of that kind of thing and i'd yeah. really like to do more of that sort yeah. of thing we'll do a so... job for a cowboy one <laughs> as a sort of like to tip to balance the scales a little bit um and you won't be invited and i'll no. ask all my deathcore friends that's okay that's fine i mean yeah. i'd be happy to put that out on right yeah. that's fine yeah good well then there you go that's what we're gonna do also you liked the big fat quiz of the year that we did last year. We got a bunch of musicians down and we recorded the special podcast, which went out on New Year's, was it? It, was just, just on New Year's. Uh, it went Christmas out program. the week between Christmas and New Year. Yeah. To... And we had an unbelievable response, especially considering we were a podcast in our infancy. Yeah, Imagine really if were. we were to do that again a year on, having kind of, you know, been uh, flexing these muscles for an extra year. And we did it live. And you could come. Wouldn't you have... You'd be well happy with that, wouldn't you? That would be a sequel that I would like to see. Wow. Renfrey. (laughs) 9th of December. Uh, Oxford House in Brethnal Green, which is a lovely venue. We will be giving you the second ever Riot Act live show. It will be the Big Fat Quiz of the Year. Well, the Big Fat Alternative Quiz of the Year. Big Fat... The, yeah, the big fat alternative. You gotta get, gotta get the uh, branding yeah, correct. Yeah, fucking yeah. hell. Um, and tickets will be on sale right now. They're not on sale now, but they'll be on sale when it goes out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's confusing. 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 <laughs> confusing. Um, they will. When, by the time you hear this, tickets will be on sale. Please come. It will be great um, I, I it was so much fun last year well we had so yeah it was a absolute riot like uh, didn't, yeah. didn't even intend oh. to do that uh it was a riot last year though Ooh. um i think the um the the one year anniversary show where so many of you turned up again thank you so much for that that was an absolute riot as well so combining those two things it's uh too exciting for words frankly yeah, yeah. Although, we should, maybe we shouldn't do it I don't want the world to be that exciting. <laughs> what do the quiz? Maybe it's, you shouldn't do it. I, things that are that exciting. I, I think it's feel the, like a bit of a risk. I think it's the only thing that's going to bring me any joy this Christmas. To be honest with you, I've just invited Renfrew around my house for Christmas Day, and he says that. <laughs> that made me uh, feel, that, nice. <laughs> that genuinely made me feel really upset. Oh god, let's move on. Let's move on. But anyway, we're doing that. And it's going to be fucking amazing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it'll be yeah. very, very good. And we're going to have some amazing guests. Um, As we did last year. Yep. Yeah, uh, uh, which we need to book. And um, yeah, we're going to announce. We're going to try and announce them. We're we're going to try and announce a couple every week or yeah. something like that try and make it be exciting be good, have, a, though. have a sort of build up it'll be great it will be awesome buy a fucking chicken idiot <laughs> um, no, don't be aggressive sorry, we don't I want mean, you being we'd love you to come <laughs> 
Okay. Um, oh, by the way, this week, uh, Renfrey, last week he picked 10 albums. This week, I picked 10 albums. It's, it's our old catch-up. It's special. Catch up second part two. Mark, <laughs> it's the second part the two. Stephen Hill curated <laughs> catch-up. Um, quite a before different, we start quite a different that, show this, this week as well. It I'd is say. quite a different show. Better. Um, <laughs> uh, the Ghost Inside are playing Brixton Academy, by the way, Renfrey. Yeah. So the Ghost Inside have announced a special UK show um, at London's Brixton Academy in July 2020. I don't actually have the exact date in front of me. Why don't I have the exact date in front of me? It's the 4th of July. Oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. Um, 2020. Yeah. It's definitely 2020, not 2021. Def- oh, yeah, it is 2020. Mm. Yeah. Give my mm. camera a moment for playing in a few weeks then. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry just just that. sorry, very, very quickly to pull Steve up on that. I apologise. But, um, you know, you've got to be accurate and all that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I, I don't want to inter- interrupt this news either, but it has just reminded me. Um, thank you to the 50 people who sent me messages saying uh, how you pronounce uh, Numenorian. No, I don't think that's even right. Fuck's sake. I'm not even going to try. I like that band. Um, they're fucking brilliant. Something but to do with Tolkien, innit? It it's uh, book nerds. It's <laughs> you reading wankers. Reading books. Uh, it's, it, no, it's really easy, actually. It's Numenorian. Yeah, it's really easy. Yeah. It's um, it's, it's it's the type of thing that Vigo Mortensen is. Uh, uh, Vigo Mortensen is that her? Vigo Mort? You've just oh my god! <laughs> In a segment, an unwanted segment about the mispronunciation of a band from last week. Yeah, he plays that have, guy Argon. You have now. All oh, right, I think you do. Yeah, it's a joke within a joke. Uh, you can carry on. Right. Okay. So the ghost inside have announced a UK show at Brixton Academy, um, 4th of July, 2020. Most people will know the story of The Ghost Inside, but if you if you aren't familiar with it, um, November 19, 2015, they were involved in a road collision, which um, they were lucky. When you see the injuries, not only are they, are they lucky, you know, that they're still able to play music, they're, they're lucky they're alive, you know, <clears throat> The, the rehabilitation of that band that they've gone on over the last few years. You know, I've seen Instagram stories and pictures of um, them, you know, kind of updating their fans. And it, those injuries are savage. You know, like you're talking about terrible scars, probably mentally as well as physically. Um, actual, you know... Uh, uh, what, what? Oh my god, my mind's gone completely blank. What's it called when you take a like, amputation? Per, per, yeah, amputation. That, you know they've had limbs have been amputated, and I am pretty stunned that that they're able to to perform still as a band. But I think the rehabilitation yeah. for that sort of thing is absolutely stunning. I mean, obviously the physical um, things that happen to you are quite obvious. Um, uh, you know. <laughs> I was about to say everyone can imagine what it's like to have a limb amputated. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can know what that feels like, but you can maybe like sort of try to imagine it. But then, of course, going further down the line, I mean, can you imagine wanting to be a touring support band again? Can you imagine ever sleeping on a tour bus ever yeah. again once you've been involved in a must collision be, like must that? Must be absolutely it, horrific. And you yeah. know, obviously, there's kind of precedent for it with with baron you know you look at baroness and yep. um but baroness are a totally different band from the band that were involved in the the i, I don't mean musically i mean you know personnel wise john Baisley is the last remaining member of 
the band that are in. He is now, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, he is now, yeah. And uh, you know, they didn't all obviously drop out straight away, but um, two of them did. And then, yeah. yeah, but you know, it, and which just goes to show, and you know how difficult it must be to get back into that situation. And you know, I'm not playing any kind of levels of one upmanship as in like oh our our scars nasty and yours but i you know you would just the ghosts inside crash was you know more has proven to be more serious yeah. than the baroness one. I mean, yeah I, I think that's were, fair those say, people yeah. are lucky to be were lucky to to be alive yeah to, to kind of come out of that at all so um i think it will be um for their fan base and for them, you know, it's it's an unbelievable achievement. And um, they're playing Brixton Academy. Uh, they, you know, they couldn't have played Brixton Academy four years ago. Absolutely not, no. You know, um, and I don't begrudge them that in any way at all. But um, it's odd that, isn't it? Um, uh, is it odd? I don't, it's, it's, uh, it's, a scenario that's come about through circumstance, certain mm. circumstances which are tragic. I mean, maybe people have just gone, oh my God, that sounds terrible, that band, or maybe I'll listen to them and they've listened to them and they've gone, wow, I really love this band. Are you getting at, do you think, you know, will it be sparse or will it sell no, out? No, I, I imagine it will sell out. Okay. But I'm, it's just, it's a, it's an odd, it's an odd thing, isn't it? Mm. I, I mean, it, I'm trying to think of another precedent for it and I, I'm really struggling because I don't know that there is one, but um, not an identical one. No, I mean definitely not an identical one. I mean, I'm, what would? Um, uh, yeah, people have, I guess, have, have come back from various things, and their story has meant that they have been able to play larger venues. Play to then. larger venues. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I think in this case, obviously for the band, it's great. I just wonder about the sort of person that didn't care about that band before and then started care. to care about them. Yeah. But like I say, it might just be because they're in the news a lot mm. and people might have gone, oh, that sounds really terrible. Maybe I'll go and listen to their music and like them. Yeah. Like, I hope that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than some sort of, you know, training, sort of mawkish, like, oh, I wonder what it's going to be like. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I wonder, I'm going to go and see. Oh, oh, no, I do like them because they've been in the bus. Like yeah. There, it's are a strange, people, there are people, like, unfortunately, there are sort of people who... It's a strange thing, but then I don't like think, that. I don't think, like, looking at it from the band's perspective, I don't think you should sort of suddenly, and again, I'm not suggesting you're saying this, but suddenly not be allowed to do that. Do you know what I mean? Not no, be allowed to be in a band anymore or anything like that. And I can, I can only imagine it must be astronomically difficult for them to get back on stage and just even, as I say, just be in a van again and all, or a bus or whatever, and, you know, it must be very difficult to so. see. Yeah, so I mean, that's it's, it's some achievement, and um, if they, uh, you know, if they can get on stage and play an hour, I mean, I just was reading a thing them saying that you know the, the sort of the level of sort of fitness regime they have to put themselves through the kind of stuff they have to do just you know to get on stage to be able to play mm. 90 minutes 60 minutes is you know pretty insane in so. some cases just to walk again for some of those injuries you know it's it's it, it's it is ins very inspiring mm. um but yeah yeah it is i think it is inspiring it's it's really really great that they have been able to do that and um you know i wasn't trying to be like 
about it. No, no, all. no. I didn't. I didn't think you were. I, I, I'm, I'm sort of thinking of the people who will be, because <laughs> yeah. they will be, because we live in a world where everyone has a voice, unfortunately. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah. But yeah, one of them. Uh, Tall are re-releasing Fear Inoculum. Um, I wanted to bring this up because, you know, we've all waited a long time for Tall to release something, uh, and now. I feel like people are going to go, they're releasing too much stuff. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because it's an odd... Um, yeah, 13th of December, the Fear Inoculum book edition will come with a um, a set of lenticular cards and new visuals, an expanded 56-page booklet with never-before-seen artwork, a download of the immersive video experience, Resculent Ad Infinitum, and the album on CD. Right now, obviously, we spoke before about Tool's initial run of CDs that they released, a Fear Inoculum, which came with the, you know, the, I've still not seen that package. Have you not at all? I've never physically seen it with my own. I eyes. I have one, um, okay. and um, it is uh, for, you know, it sh- it should win. Every single, and some people might laugh at this, but these sorts of awards do exist. Grammy for best artwork. It it should win every single best packaging award going because sure it will. The uh, and uh, yeah, and I'm sure it will because the amount of work and attention that has gone into it is is incredible. You know, and you're there and you open it up and you're like, oh my god, there's a video screen and it's playing tall visuals at me and stuff like this. I think. uh, I mean, the video itself is, I don't know, around the 10 minute mark, maybe. And it is sort of like, uh, sort of like tools videos normally are mm. not quite as good, I would say. Um, but it's it's got this, the, the figure, there's a figure who like goes through this tunnel of eyes and it's like a priest type thing. There's lots of eyes. There's lots of eyes in it. Lots of eyes, lots of eyes. Um, and um I've watched it once. Um, will I ever see it again? Probably not, unless I'm sort of showing it off. Um, the booklet is beautiful and it's lovely. It has like some pages of like that tracing paper sort of stuff. And it's got gold etchings in it. And so you know, like it's a, it's a lovely package, but I have to say, I mean, um, even as a massive Tool fan and as someone who, you know, I mean, that album, you know, spoiler alert, is going to feature in my albums of the year list. Um, and um, I, I, you know, is it worth 80 quid? I don't know. It, it, it almost feels like you're paying for the experience of being part of that thing. But it, 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 you're paying partly for for um, <laughs> almost like the memory of, oh, remember that time where you got the crazy tall packaging yeah. kind of thing. I mean, this one is, this one is a slight a slighter version it's of downgrade but there's stuff on it that there you don't get with the the expensive ones. exactly which is remarkably clever marketing because um uh you know massive massive tool fans are going to want everything and so they'll probably buy this one as well uh, i have to say for me an expanded booklet and some 3d lenticular cards aren't really enough for me to part with uh, well, we don't know exactly how much it's going to cost in this country. I looked on Amazon.com <laughs> earlier today and it was $35. Um, so it's still significantly... It's still more than any other CD. It's still significantly more than any other CD, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Here's the question I want to answer in Renfrey. Go on. When's it coming out on fucking vinyl? Who knows? I want it on vinyl. Oh. 
I mean, you know, it, it, it's going to come out at some point on vinyl, isn't it? It's going to be like £350 and I'm just going to go, oh, go on then. Have a hologram. Spend my Christmas bonus on the bloody... Yeah. Gives you a hand job mm. Or a... Thing, you know. thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just hey, trying to... Look, just, you know. It's your analogy, mate. <laughs> You've got to run with it, I'm afraid. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, you know, obviously, I want it on vinyl. It seems weird that they haven't even bothered with any kind of... Um, vinyl release and they've only bothered with the very very expensive packaging it this is prime tool isn't it it is like pure tool and you know i have i have um is it, is it though from yeah. like well kind of i mean they've they've got like I mean, they've done stuff with packaging in the past. It was the whole ten thousand days thing and all that kind of thing. Yeah, which is only was only fifteen quid. But that that yeah, exactly. That that's why I say is it prime tool because well, I tell you what it why it's prime tool is because to wait that long and to kind of muck people around mm. in, in this way that's is prime tool. Really, yeah. really tool. It's yeah. a very tall thing to do. And I've excused and kind of that I'm a massive tool apologist because they're my favourite band. And I was going, ah, they should be allowed to, do, allowed to do what they want. And I'm aware that, you know, if any other band did it, I'd probably be like, what a bunch of knobheads. <laughs> but because it's tall, I go, nah, that's fine. They can do it. <laughs> and I'm aware of that. Um, this might be one of the first times where I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think to I think what we're talking about is they go against the grain constantly. I mean, when it charted and got to number one in loads of different countries and stuff, the fact that we were saying that they have done that with a physical release on something which is considered a uh, a dead format, you know, and and that stuff, I go well, fair play, you guys are amazing. Like that's incredible that you are able to do that. And I think it's a little bit difficult to deny that 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 is pretty incredible yeah but at the same time yeah when it comes to this it's like this feels more just like fleecing people a bit yeah Um, it's a bit like when roadrunner used to like we release an album then two months later they've released it on cardboard with two extra fucking things on them that was infuriating yeah Yeah. uh early 2000s um I mean, I will say... That shit started in the 90s, mate. That yeah, the yeah. No, it would have started in the And 90s. three... Do you remember you get a single? And it'd be three versions of the single. Yeah. And I... You could... You buy one and then... The, the, I remember getting the single for Easy by Terravision. Mm-hmm. I mean, you needed all three of them, right? Obviously. Yeah. Like, and you bought it some and it came... Some Terravision single uh, B-sides are fantastic. Mr. Buskerman's one of my favourite Terravision songs. Really? Yeah. I don't even know that song. What's the B-side Hey! We don't sing it. I don't know it. Uh, Some people say. Oh, okay, cool. Um, Yeah, like, and it came in a thing. It was just like you had to open it up, and it was three, and you only got the one single on it. Yeah, and so you had to go and buy two and three to go. Hey, look, I've put them in the the packaging, and now I've got the full television. Yeah, single, and it's just got like, and it was was like a television live album because you. That's what I thought of it. I was like, this is a television live album because it's got three other different live songs from yeah i mean you know so the, the why you know the whole singles market which now doesn't exist but the whole singles market and b-sides and all that sort of thing was just record companies trying to get more money out of people by basically getting you to buy the same song so that you could be a completist and get everything yeah. it's the same with um oh when albums used to be imported to japan japan used to get them so late uh, compared to the rest of the world generally if it's western music obviously um that you'd often get a japanese bonus track on yeah, a yeah, disc yeah, yeah. and all that kind of thing and then they became really collectible and bloody bloody blah, blah, blah 
Um, I mean, I suppose from that perspective, it's a very old school sort of thing to do, but I don't know if it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to be buying And I, the, Japan gets so late, so late that I went to Japan at the start of 2015 and I they had Fake Santa Progress by Lost Profits. Was it only just come out? Was it just, yeah. <laughs> they got another 12 years because they find out what he did. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Doesn't sound like progress to me. No. Um... Oh, what were we talking about at all yeah I, 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 you know i think at the end of the day you don't have to buy it but um and oh and also i should point out have i already said this the original physical release i mean the, the reason for doing this is because the original physical release has sold out entirely yeah so you can't if you missed out on getting it before you, <laughs> you can't buy it William Shatner, then. <laughs> you can't <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I'm always a bit Shatner, Shatner. Deadman. Shatner Deadman. There we go. Shall I put that down? There's a song title. Song title. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, you're right, mate. It, it, it sold out, and I think it's kind of. I've never known anyone do it like this. But if this means like, hey, that first thing was limited edition. We gave it to you straight away. You ain't ever having it again. If you got it, fucking. Fair play, good for you. That's this, cool. This is, yeah. the, this is the general. This is the kind of general release now. I think the only thing I would say is, you know, I mean, I feel like I might take this out if the price changes, but the price I have seen is it's thirty five dollars, and that doesn't feel like the price of a standard CD. Mm. Like if it was, well, it's probably not. Still not a standard CD. Look at me. I found a way. <laughs> like, even though I was like, mm, I'm not happy about this. Well, I found a way to talk myself around because it's tall. No, it's go, no, no, it's good actually. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks to me, having looked at it, it looks like the equivalent of, you know, sometimes you get those tall CDs, which will have a long booklet. Like Manic Street Preachers did it for their last yeah, album, yeah. I think. And like, you know, <laughs> Radiohead do it quite a lot. You see, I don't like it because, and this is going to be an insight into my life, it doesn't fit into my CD yeah, shelves proper. It just annoys me. Yeah, a bit of OCD with that. But anyway, um, it, it, it looks like it's the equivalent of that. But even, so, you know, I mean, what, 30 quid? But probably is the sort of price people would pay for that. But I don't know, you know. The, the, the fact remains that physically they've only released it on what a lot of people view as a dead format. Yeah. You know, they'll probably release we it talk- in vinyl on 20 in 2030 or something like that i still want the version you've got if i'm going to get anything i want it on vinyl but i am one of those i think i might be one of those completists i might have to go and get it from wherever i can get it from really you'll hate yourself i will i already do it's fine the three t lenticular card things i will say whilst they are lovely they do look like the sort of thing that you get in cereal packets yeah yeah i mean that they are they are bigger versions of the sort of shit you get in cereal packets yeah and and you know the artwork is beautiful but that is kind of what you're paying for and a few extra pages in the booklet Mm. if you've already got the original which you know anyway okay um should we talk about some live stuff that we saw absolutely do you want to do it in a kind of chronological order okay so you saw Fever 333 at the Ah, forum. that means I go first. Okay, yes. Yeah, what, yeah chronological. Well, I couldn't remember when you went to see uh, Leprous, so, you know, lovely stuff. Um, okay, right. There's a lot to say here, Steve, yeah, so strap oh, in. Here, um, here she is. 
just in time. Just in time. Just you in know, time. I saw a thing on our, on our YouTube channel. For those of you like you aren't watching on YouTube, Bonjour's just got up. Mm. Some bloke put a comment going, I like this review. We're looking at one of the reviews of the albums that we did. I think it was Bon Iver or something. I like this. It's really good. Really good review. Very professional until the cat jumped up. And it's like, what do you want me to do about that, mate? So I, like, I'm not going to lock the cat out. Put her She's, down? Her, this is her house. Put her down. <laughs> this is her house and... It might, you know, she's free. She's gone. See, I think that that scratch that she gave me about three months ago still hasn't gone. Oh well, sorry. You know, she's not getting put down. Absolutely not. Fever three three. Um, I'm going to start with a bit of an eggy here. Um, and What's just that? just because an eggy. What's an eggy? Uh, I said a neggy. Oh, a neggy. As in as in as in as in as in a negative. Um. Just because I'm seeing this more and more and more, um, and it particularly irks me with the Fever 333, who are a band who um, uh, want you to want have a message, want you to listen to them, uh, want to speak the truth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know this thing of like um, shows saying they're sold out when they're not sold out? Mm. Um, so... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and uh, non-binaries and everyone, um, there is a uh, just being inclusive. Steve is okay. Um, th- there's uh, this thing in the music industry where basically, like, you go to shows and they are supposedly sold out. And actually, what's happened? I mean, we've been to a few in the last few weeks. Actually, I'm not going to name them, but there's been a few where like there's only like 50 tickets left. And maybe management say, or maybe a promoter or whatever, will will just buy up the remaining 50 tickets so that they can say X band sold out X venue, blah, de, blah, de, blah. And, you know, um, I think if a venue is maybe 10, 20, I don't know, if a venue is 2% away from selling out or something like that, I don't have a massive issue with it, I guess. Um, the Fever 333 said on the day that the forum show was sold out i was like oh wow that's really impressive because they did quite a big extensive uk tour i can't remember how many dates they did but you know they did bristol birmingham manchester nottingham i think they did quite a few dates like eight dates or so and so to sell out 2300 i believe forum is capacity venue in london on one album and one ep and i know they've had a lot of hype around them and a lot of people love them or hate them um but like you know it was a hell that seemed like a hell of an achievement i think if you were downstairs in the standing area it probably did feel and look sold out um i would be being kind i was in the seating area and i'd be being kind if i said it was even a third full in the seating area right and i think that is i think it particularly you know i i I would like to know what the forum looks like when it's sold out Mm, do you know what i mean mm. like it's very obvious when that's sold out behemoth Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. were yeah. sold out yes absolutely those two shows definitely were sold out obviously you have touts bloody bloody blah so there's always going to be the odd empty seat and that's not what i am talking about i am talking about um a balcony that holds uh i'm pulling figures out my ass here but 600 people maybe and it's only got 150 people there mm-hmm. um and you know i do want to point out again that this is not a thing which is you know it's not just fever 333 who do this or it's not just their label it's not just their management blah blah whatever but fuck me it's starting to annoy me especially from a band who are 
who, as I say, have a message and are trying to speak their truth and kind of like, it just feels totally wrong, the wrong thing to do yeah. for me. And I, I just, it feels massively dishonest and I really don't like it. And I think that sort of thing should stop because it is, it's deceitful and it's dishonest. And now... I've got to think, like, with the kind of, the, the, the la- current lack of money sloshing around the music industry, what benefit that gives you in any way whatsoever as well do you know what well, the, mean? Ben- like, the benefit why? is is that now um they can say fever 333 they sold out the forum yeah and and which and you know which will, and it'll be yeah and then it'll be empty and it's like i don't think i th- i think the long term in long term that doesn't help anyone that just means we're going to turn up to shows and they're going to be half empty and the atmosphere is going to be shit mm. you know and i just i think it's a really crappy thing um and um you know, there are there are plenty of other bands that I could pick up on it, to be honest. It was particularly bad with Fever 333, I thought. But it just, as I say, because of the whole kind of like, you know, they're a massively political band who, who have something to say. And that feels, if Rage did it, it would feel kind of worse yeah. than if, uh, I don't know, even Behemoth did it or something like that, you know. So that was the first thing. But... Uh, the negative stuff is pretty much going to stop then, unfortunately, uh, for you, maybe. I don't know. Um, obviously, <laughs> you're not really that bothered. I, obviously, Fever 333 are likely one of the most divisive bands in the alternative scene this year, if not the most divisive. Is that well, a fair thing a, to say? In a world with, where, where there's baby metal and five finger death punch um well, okay okay I, well i maybe i mean i mean this year like five finger death punch have been divisive for a while yeah, okay yeah, yeah. baby metal have been divisive for a while yeah yeah in fact i mean the the you know baby metals third album came out i think i think most of the haters have kind of shut up now and moved mm. on to other things to be honest mm. so so actually i think in 2019 i think we can say that fever 333 are one of the most divisive bands that's been echoed on yeah, they certainly are, I think, yeah. That's been echoed on this podcast. Um, you uh, you don't hate the record. There's things you like on it, but overall... I listened back to it um, about a month ago, and it's and I remember at the time being pretty lukewarm about it, mm. and I like it even less now. Yes, right. Um, okay. Yeah, I... Uh, I think, well, I, we're going to talk about a band later on, actually, who, for me, encapsulate everything that the Fever 333 want to be, but aren't. So, oh, okay. You know. Interesting. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't like it. You, you don't you don't like it at all, you would say? At this point, I think, no. I, I, I'm actually kind of a bit like, I think it's a shame. The thing is, like, I don't, you know, I, I respect and I like all of the people involved yeah. in the three, yeah. Fever 333. I think it's a shame that they are, are reducing themselves to this. Yeah. Mm. And you, and you know, you're you're not the only one. I've spoken with loads of people. In fact, sometimes you know, mutual friend of ours, friends of ours, will sort of uh, contact me and say, "Why are you defending that band?" Because mm. I am, you know, I do defend them, and I do the think. Thing is, I get it. Like, mm. and before to kind of go, and I get what they're doing, and yeah. I get why they're doing it. Mm. Um, in probably in the same way as, you know, I don't like Linkin Park, but I get why they made the music they made. Well, there's a massive difference between Fever 333 and Linkin Park in that Fever 333 are trying to galvanise people um, and do something. I mean, Linkin Park 
um, practically admitted that their um, lyrical content was just well they didn't admit they didn't say it this bluntly but it's basically trying to appeal to as many people as possible Mm. and it's you know there's no swearing they were trying to kind of um it was trying to be as general as possible so that loads of people could uh it it could appeal to loads of people yeah all i'm saying is i i think that you know like there it's if however you want to be commercially successful and for whatever reason you want to be commercially successful some bands just want to be commercially successful and that's kind of very very important to them fever 333 are definitely a band who want to be massive they want to and you know fine if they want to be massive because they feel that there's a political point that they need to make to as many people as possible i don't really i you know i don't have a problem with that at all i don't even really have a problem with somebody going I just want loads of money, but um, I'm not usually as interested in bands who are so obviously going get us big. We want to be really, really big. And I just listened. I listened to that Fever 33 record the other day, and I, that was something that it didn't quite hit me before, but it hit me the other day. And I was like, "Why are you so desperate to be?" Like, I guess if it's, if it's because they feel their message needs to be spoke, it's the best way to convey their message. Mm. I do kind of, uh, you know, like I, I will give them that kind of caveat, but it meant it makes it musically less interesting for me. Um, my counter to that, I don't think any businessman would say to you, um, if you want to get big, um, have strong politic in your uh, lyrics. Um, there are uh, there are exceptions, obviously. Rage Against the Machine are the massive one who always get compared to Fever Three Three Three, and System of a Down, I suppose. Um, but oh, those, yeah, I mean, it's it's worked pretty well before. No, but those are very much exceptions to the rule. Yeah, of course they are. They are well, very much exceptions clash. to the rule. Well, okay, you know, th- you you could you could pick a few out of history, certainly, but I, I think and there's not one at the moment. And there isn't one at the moment, particularly. Mm. No, mm. Uh, there there definitely is a space to fill. And I don't, I like, I don't believe that that is the game plan. I think um, Jason certainly has always shown a love of pop. Um, oh yeah, absolutely, and all that kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah. And I think, Just, the, yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I don't, I, I don't. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that. Oh, you, you know, it's not like they were growing. Let live or mm. chariot. I know the chariot obviously were pretty extreme but let live weren't like just a fucking grindcore band and now jason's doing like obviously no, like, no. i get it he yeah. likes commercial music yeah, yeah he yeah. does clearly yeah, clearly clearly yeah. and um you know there are there are um elements of the record uh the 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 day before length particularly less so the ep but the day before length particularly which i do personally find a little bit syrupy for my taste maybe i would have notched up a couple of things on the old production um you know if if it were a record that i were producing although i don't produce that many records um but you sign up for music as a mate <laughs> i should do that actually <laughs> uh 9.99 a month unless uh you put right and then you check out in capitals and then it's seven pound fifty or seven pound forty nine anyway um that's why i do that bit i was <laughs> <laughs> you are more practiced at it to be fair <laughs> i would say i i everything about uh god what was it then wednesday night thursday night whenever i went it hit so hard, even the Linkin Park-esque bits, which generally I'm not a massive fan of on the record. I was there just like singing them so much. And, 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 and it does come down to Jason 
uh, which we definitely i mean we do we both agree on this is yeah. i mean i'm quite happy to put my foot down and say he's the best front man of this decade yeah and he may even be the best front man of the 21st century i mean in terms of just his energy and his passion and how um the authenticity and the um just just he the manner in which he conveys the message that he wants to convey that room was going absolutely apeshit for everything and was holding on to every single word of his. And that was, it was just a wonderful, wonderful thing to see. Uh, it was wonderful to see lots of um, young people who might have been apathetic beforehand, might not have been apathetic beforehand, I don't know, but actually feel fired up and wanting to do things because i think there's a strong argument to say that um you know without getting too massively political a lot of people in the western world would agree that we're in a bit of a mess um if you look at our country or america and um i think there's a lot to be said for i think a lot of the reasons why that's happened is people have been very apathetic and have just sort of sat on their hands and not done anything and I think that you're looking at me. I, I wasn't. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at you because I'm talking to you. Yeah. I'm not looking at you specifically saying you. Mm. But um, you know, although that is fair. Although that is fair. Um, but you know, and I and I think it is. You said last week uh, in reference to rage reforming that you saw them at the Astoria, didn't did, you? Yeah, yeah. The Astoria and the Forum are similar sized venues. I think the Forum is a little bit bigger, a little bit grander, a little bit less sticky floors, but but generally in terms of capacity, it's not too dissimilar. Mm. I was watching it and I was like, you know, a lot of people put them down and go, oh, they're just Rage Against the Machine. Well, you know what? If they're this generation's Rage Against the Machine, then that's fucking wonderful. And I was watching them and I was like, I think I wasn't at that. I'd never seen Rage Against the Machine in a, a tiny, I've only ever seen them in Finsbury Park, you know. Mm. I can imagine that it was the same level of passion and zeal and people were feeling got the same out of it as you might've got from watching Rage Against the Machine at the Astoria. And how the fuck is that a bad thing? <laughs> I think this is what sort of kind of infuriates me with the cynicism around Fever 333 because, um, and I feel like I've said this before, you know, they may not be the best band of the year. Uh, it, there, I definitely have issues with that album and it wasn't quite what I wanted it to be. I do genuinely think they may well be the most important band of 2019. You know, they might, cause they, cause it feels like they, there are lots of bands who are saying things in 2019 that are important, but there aren't as many who are engaging as many people as quickly as Fever 333 have managed to. Not in rock. Not in, in, in rock. Yeah. I, I'm, I am speaking in alternative, in alternative mm. music kind of thing, but, and, um, you know, there were some apps, I mean, those songs are massive live. Um, there was a wonderful moment where, um, I mean, even the even the not as good material. There's, there's, I can't remember the name of it, but the penultimate song on that album, which is quite syrupy, it's a bit of a ballad kind of thing. Jason jumped up onto the balcony, came up and came up into the balcony, and there was a little keyboard set up there and played it in the balcony. Right. You know, which was just like a really fucking cool <laughs> moment um and quite unexpected even though there was a little keyboard set out there but you know it and it was just a very 
there was lots of these really amazing moments. They brought out, um, oh, I want to say the Nova Twins. And you would be right to say that. Uh, they brought out the Nova Twins, who are this wicked um, duo uh, and played a cover of Brain Stew by Green Day. Oh, wow. Which was fucking amazing. It was amazing. So Nova Twins added some very kind of modern, uh, I, don't, I mean, all sorts of like, they had lots of, they, they had very big pedal boards um, and they were using all sorts of amazing weird effects to make it really uh, wub wubby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, it sounded amazing. And Jason, rather than doing the lyrics to Brain Stew, was just doing a fucking awesome rap over the top of it. It was amazing. I turned to my housemate who I was with Amy and I was just like, this is incredible. Like it was just brilliant. And I, I, I turned to her several times during the show and said, this is incredible. It's amazing. And it was an amazing thing to be a part of. And I do think that the cynics are sort of cutting their nose off to spite their face ever so slightly because a lot of them aren't even... And again, this isn't aimed directly at you, mm. although it could be. Uh, but like if it is, it is. You know? I mean, I, you know. <laughs> but you know, you've only you've only seen them at download, haven't you? Yeah. And I think uh, download, and I saw them at the heavy music awards. Oh uh, yeah, does that count? I mean, half well, it. They played. Okay. So, like, <laughs> right. And they were there, and my eyes witnessed what was happening. So, you know, I sort of think that counts. But I think, yeah, I, I, I mean, for for me, I, I even go as far as to say that it was one of the best shows I've been to this year. I thought it was really, really amazing, despite all the flaws with that album. Despite the flaws, you know, I mean, this is going to sound um, a little bit hypocritical, but you brought up not too long ago, you know, they use quite a lot of backing track, and this is an issue. Quite this a is, lot. Well, you go to Euroblast, mate. Compared to yeah, a lot I'm of those bands, <laughs> compared to a lot of those bands, they don't use that much backing track. But actually, A, um, I was really being eagle-eyed about it because i was like okay this is i thought if any i've seen i've said a lot of nice things about fever 333 if i'm gonna be mean about them now is the time and i just i there isn't that much backing track actually I, I, really i find that incredible to believe because yeah you know one thing i will say about the album is it certainly doesn't sound like two people it's all kind of it's all the stuff is all very obviously synthesized bassy blum, 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 stuff mm. <laughs> That's badly put. Um, and yeah, the guitarist and the drummer do that. No, yeah, that's that's all the backing track stuff. Oh right, okay, right. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. And um, I think the difference is the energy that is conveyed. It has the energy and feel of a live show because of the live elements that are pushed forward. Yeah, that's, and that's, and that's like true. having seen them at download they're so you know it's not like people just stood there like if you're i guess if you're gonna use tracks you might as well go fucking bananas in between when you don't have to do anything well quite and yeah. and a lot of the time i mean i don't i do, I do appreciate that there is a, an element of hip, hip, hypocrisy here but there are bands who use tracks who just sort of stand there and whittle or pretend to whittle and that feels dishonest because it's like well you're sort of pretending to play that aren't you yeah. you know and that's not the case with fever 333 and the energy you know i mean eric is just jumping up onto his drum stool constantly and like coming down and crashing uh the the crash or the snare drum or whatever um steven's 
bundle of energy. Just looks like he's almost like a second frontman. I mean, mm. if, if Jason wasn't as incredible as he was, it feels like Steven's doing the work of of a, a, a sort of normal frontman, if that makes sense, yeah. in terms of how how energetic he is. Um, and yeah, I th- I think I think I do think it's they are really genuinely quite important for people who are a lot younger than us. But mm. I think I think that is vital, and I and and I had a fucking amazing time, and it is one of the best shows I went to all year. I think it was even better than the show that I went to at Islington Academy when I came back and we recorded the show straight away, and I yeah, basically splurged into the microphone. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, in terms of the thing is, if I don't really like the music, I'm probably not going to go to the show. True. But I mean, that, that would be my my kind of my my rationale and my reasoning for you know why i haven't uh sort of gone back to fever 33 like they might be really really amazing like lots of people are really really amazing live whose albums i use music i don't really care for yeah i mean i mean switching it round you know um i don't really care for horrors music but i'll i'll concede that they are a great live band Mm. you know Mm. um do i go and see horror live i might see them at a festival but i don't tend to make an effort to go and see them like i would yeah I would watch Fever 33 again. I just like, uh, I don't know. It's that thing, isn't it? Where you think, well, fuck me, the chariot and let live was so great that this just feels like a significant step down, musically speaking, at least. And I, you know, from what I saw as good as they were, you know, at download. And I do remember being like, wow, they were really good at download. Mm. They weren't as good as let live. They weren't as good no. as the chariot, you know, and that's you are maybe, talking about two of the best live bands of the twenty first century. Wow, well, yeah, you know we are, and um, but uh, yeah, it was a shame to lose those bands and to lose that for for this. But then I I do you know like I said before but, but, I do understand I do understand the appeal of the Fever three three three, and I do understand a lot of the stuff that you're saying, and um, and I guess it would be you know for me to sort of say it's cynical or it's, you know, it's just marketing bullshit or it's raising its machine rip off. Like it's not, that's not really my kind of problem with it. I think ultimately my problem just is that the album's just not that great. Mm, uh, mm. That That is it. The album is, you know, is, I thought it was patchy originally and I now think it's beyond patchy. I think it's, um, uh, yeah it's not good i mean i would admit it's patchy mm. um i would say that um i enjoyed every single note that i heard that night because i thought the energy was so infectious and mm. so brilliant that it just all completely and utterly won me over mm-hmm. even still, for, yeah you know that, that can happen in a live i think yeah. in a live environment if you're energetic it, enough it can and, happen and it yeah. feels yeah. really raw it's you know the kind of the lack of rawness and the the, the kind of Mm, uh, it, the, the the John Feldmanness of it, <laughs> yeah, sure, is, sure, is, sure, a, sure. is a bit of a problem for me. I'm mm-hmm. struggling to get past that. But and and also like Jason's a better singer than he is a rapper. He's a better screamer and he's a better singer than he is a rapper. There's quite a lot of like rap stuff on that. Where I'm like, yeah. I would say live his rapping's really come on. Yeah. It's really like uh, because yes, there are bits we discussed Inglewood. Um, I mean, I think Inglewood is, uh, Inglewood is, you know, when that came on, because the, the album at first I was like, oh, I'm not mad keen on this. was the first, and my it was first the point finish. where you, and then when Inglewood came on, it was like, my God, this is just, uh, Inglewood might, be, it's not the worst song of the year, but yeah. I mean, fuck me, it's, it is, it's the worst song 
a good artist, an artist who I who I've had respect for has made this year. <laughs> it is an it's a disaster of a song. I mean, it was one of the highlights of the show. What? It really was. Fucking hell. And and like. I mean, it, well, I, you know, there were other highlights as well. Like, uh, uh, oh, what's the second track from the EP? We're coming out, you know, we're coming down, motherfucker, coming down. That yeah. song is fucking amazing. Um, you know, and they played like practice. That, again, that song, like, it's just like, and again, nothing wrong with that. If You know, because you kind of, you, you call out hardcore bands stuff a lot again. Ah, it's just like, there, 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 there. And that's what that song is, really. Well, it's not, because then the second part of the um, chorus has an incredible drum bit from Eric, which I think most hardcore bands would be like <laughs> Yeah, but it's still, you know, like it's it's a punk rock song. And yeah. that's fine. Yeah, it's just like, an incredibly fine. good one. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I guess so. All right. <laughs> but when I, I think that you, you 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 listen to it through the prism of like the black is beautiful and or what you know whatever mm. any of them have been involved in and you just go, you can surely write a better song. But I think there's a like I think the thing with that is like let live are not yeah, they're gone let live let live yeah but let live aren't gone because of fever 333 no no i don't let think... live are gone because the members of that band didn't get on with each other anymore effectively yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know I mean, like, i'm not yeah you know i'm not like saying oh bring back let live like as much as that would be nice um but yeah i guess it's just it's hard I'm not blaming Fever 333 for Let Live splitting up or, you know, they're not being the chariot anymore. I don't think you are. I think I hear a lot that are, I hear that argument a lot. And I am a bit like, that's not very realistic. I mean, the ch the chariot, you really can't. Like, <laughs> you know, you really can't um, have, say, that the chariot splitting up has anything to do with Fever 333. Uh, I suppose it's kind of easy to, to give that narrative to the Let Live and Fever 333 split up, split. But it's, just not true mm. that's just not how it is yeah so I, mean, I don't think that either but you know well i, I can categorically tell you it's not <laughs> all right <laughs> well i'm telling you it yeah. isn't i mean no, i know i never thought it was well, never really even thought of it being mm. like that anyway um so well you had a good time good i had a good time uh i went to see leprous yes sort of oh no i did um <laughs> i saw the i saw the we won't talk about the opening band um Talk about them later. Uh, but I saw the ocean. Oh, I love the ocean. Were um were opening, um all were with the with the middle band of the three. They were the kind of um didn't fall to sleep fall asleep to them at complexity this year. Hold on. I don't know why you need. Did you? Did you? Carry on. How the fuck could you fall asleep to the ocean? My God, <coughs> that was, was a barrage. That... I was I was in the Netherlands. Okay, <laughs> I took an absolute battering during it. My senses were like, oh yeah. God, they are um, brilliant, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, like they. I were, just overdid it. They were fucking great. That was a a um a kind of a, a slamming concrete filling in quite an ethereal and melodic mm. sandwich yeah um i saw them at our tangent this year and they were fucking yeah. great they they got in late but they were brilliant yeah. i just thought they got every sense took a pounding yeah from yeah. Like, yeah and you know i have seen them before but it's been a very long it's been a good five years since i last saw the ocean um i wasn't super you know a, a lot of people were saying oh you know that last album which has got the long ass title visited oh, you they all do yeah. but yeah um pros are incredible. Uh, yeah like people were you know a few people were like oh, i can't believe you didn't really 
care for much for that Last the Ocean album. We were quite like, nice, weren't we? I thought we were quite nice. Yeah, we were quite we, nice. We, we, we were pretty nice, just because we didn't say it's the best thing ever. But, you know, people fucking love that band. I will say that album has grown on me quite exponentially, actually, and especially after seeing them live a couple of times. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, they were really, really good. Like, you know, just uh, I'd forgotten how they, they... They remind me a bit of... You know how Bosk are super heavy? You can't really see what's going on because they just blast you with lights and stuff and the vocals are not the centerpiece of it at all mm-hmm. but then when they come in mm-hmm. it's just fucking mm-hmm. outrageous yeah. and the ocean do a quite a similar thing mm-hmm. but it was you know red light smoke mm. strobe lights uh and some unbelievably heavy riffs really yeah. good really they really are good. a perennially underrated yeah. prog metal band yeah, i would very, say very very yeah, good very very and, good band. Um, and they scratched for people who might have been moaning about leprous uh not being heavy or whatever uh the ocean scratched that itch uh leprous now um i i, I hurt my back which Again? i do do too much because uh, it's fucking it's fuck uh, my, my back is basically made of bubble wrap so i actually didn't it's literally made didn't wrap. manage to um see all of leprous's set uh because i often would have to go and sit on the stairs by the corner so i could kind of hear them but i couldn't actually see them um and you're you lou yeah so i went and stood on sat on the stairs and it was sold out it was absolutely fucking packed a lot of people came up to me and said hey hey great and sorry if i was just sort of looking going, oh, thanks through gritted teeth but i was in a fucking spectacular amount of pain on that night i really really i was really struggling i'm not laughing at that I'm no i was really struggling mate it was fucking horrible um if you've ever fucked your back up you'll know uh, i have actually yeah i had yeah. some severe back problems at drama school yeah. which yoga sorted out but yeah okay. and then i got fat again and now it's not sorted but yeah cool well good. that's that's my life the story memoirs. um <laughs> and uh, but yeah so i didn't get to, I, I basically i kind of ducked out a little bit early um what i saw i thought was fucking great like we haven't yeah. reviewed the new leprous album no we haven't it came at a very very busy it time came at an insanely busy time and a few people did say like well how come you haven't reviewed the album if you're here and and i was like well the thing is is that it did come out at the same time as nick cave and swans and came out 25th refused yeah. and uh all kinds of other like huge things that we were it was around at the, at the same time as clipping clipping happened as well um yeah it was i mean lot. very briefly it's really good it's really good yeah <laughs> someone yeah. said to me and i think this was a, a very astute point they said it's almost like they've helped jeff buckley make a metal album <laughs> yeah i and can I see like, that yeah you know and it was a much more from like the bits that i saw um when they dipped into that and they did do like most i think it was about seven songs from that record mm-hmm. so there's nine on there aren't there yeah, yeah so yeah. which is it's obviously like a, a big portion yeah. of that record yeah, yeah, yeah. um and you know i first saw leprous at the underworld they hadn't even sold it out um in 2000 late 2013 so six years ago and I remember, like, I didn't know who they were at the time. And um, all I knew about them, that they were Ishan's backing band. Back when of course, like yes. yes. And I remember being really, really impressed and thinking, this is kind of like some sort of odd, it's too melodic to be black metal, mm. but it's kind of, it feels really dank and, you know, uh, it, it's got that kind of evil vibe about it. And they have over time sort of shaved all those edges off like smoothed everything out and become this really elegantly brilliantly unique band 
They're well, really yes. Is that fair? Yeah, I do think it's fair. I have one uh, fly in the ointment to fly to throw into the ointment. Yeah, that'll do. Um, listening to the record, and this isn't a proper review because I've heard it two or three times. Mm. But listening to the record, it did make me go. This does sound like Agent Fresco, but not as good. And I have to say, Leprous and Agent Fresco have toured together a lot. Mm. And normally it's support acts taking um, uh, cues, from the cues, cues from the headliner. I can't help but feel that maybe it's been the exact opposite in this now, case. Uh, you've kind of prefaced what I was going to say about oh. Agent because I was stuff. about to bring up Agent Fresco Ooh. and I was going to say, um, well, I was pretty much going to say sort of what you just said, and which was, you know, there's something about those bands when they go into those territories, which sounds really, you know, when they get that mixture between being kind of within metal still, but doing something progressive and doing something really, really soaring and beautiful. Yeah. And I was going to say the only other band that I can think of is who Agent do Fresco. that is Agent Fresco. Mm-hmm. Um I've not seen Agent Fresco live for a few years now. I would probably say, having watched what I watched the other day, they're about on par for me. Because what I do, what what is cool is when Leprous do dip back into that kind of slightly darker stuff. Uh, yeah, it gives it a bit more. You get a bit more of a, you know, Agent Fresco never get quite as heavy as well, maybe they do. Actually. Well, no, I don't. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't think I would ever, uh, if someone called Leprous a metal band, mm. I wouldn't think that was the entire picture, but I wouldn't see it as incorrect. Yeah. If someone called Agent Fresco a metal band, um, they have metal elements, but I think calling them a metal band is going too far. Yeah. So they're very, very slight metal elements it, in their music. I yeah. Think. I mean, well, when they hit hard, they are fucking hard. Yeah. I mean, but it still feels more like rock than metal i think there's one or two moments i mean i'm literally talking about one or two moments mm. uh, but you know i'm being pedantic pedantry um but um yes i think i think i actually do agree with you in that they are quite a unique sounding band if agent fresco didn't exist yeah. but listening to the record and and i i guess this is just my whole thing of like i mean i've said it's before on this show i think agent fresco are pretty much one of the most underrated bands in alternative music probably in music full stop um and it drives me mad that they're not massive um and you know i think leprous are very very good but i do often feel that i mean in ter- in terms of output leprous have been around a lot longer and leprous do have more records and you know in that in that respect it is and they've the really right hammered around. it as well haven't they, they have. know, going off and tour with devon townsend yeah. and stuff like that you know yeah. they've they've really kind of they've they've paid their i mean they've paid their dues and they are extraordinary i mean they're extraordinarily talented and 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 really really good i've seen you know i've seen them be brilliant i've seen them i've seen them be not particularly impressive in my opinion as well mm. but but you know i've i've you know i've only ever seen them be very good okay Okay. And I thought the other day was very good. Cool. Um, they were probably the best I saw them was at Art Tangent last year. Actually, mm, I thought they were I, fucking really good. Yeah. There. And I was ma- I was very very impressed with them. What I say the first time I saw them at the Underworld. Also, I did see them. It was Devon Townsend, uh, Tesseract, Tesseract, 
Leprous, yeah, that was really good as well. And then the other day, and I thought they were very good the other day. Yeah, I didn't like that Hammersmith gig. I'm not sure why though. I do remember reviewing it for the what? Independent. Just the whole thing. Um, uh, Leprous in particular. Tesseracts were my favourite band that day, mm. and they're my least favourite band of those three, which is very unusual. I was probably just having a weird day, but um, yeah, yeah, the Tesseract were great that night. They were brilliant really that night. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but they were good. Leprous were very, very good. Although, you know, um, like I say. I had to duck out because I was. Mm. it was all through gritted teeth. It's fucking horrible. I've never had it. I literally turned up to the gig fine and I just leant on a pole and suddenly my back went clack and I was like, nah, not now. You can't do uh. this to me now. And I, yeah, I was, every step was fucking agony. So sorry, uh, world. <laughs> well, the world accepts your apology. <laughs> Except for Twitter. Um, do you want to oh, tell people about that Twitter very now? Yeah. I got kicked off Twitter a couple of weeks ago. Just like for basically someone asked and I wasn't, I'm not going to say it on Twitter. Because I was there again. But um, the the Portsmouth manager, Kenny Jacket, mm. he's a shit house, and they should sack him. Mm. This is football chat. Mm. Probably most people were disinterested. I just said, we're letting in so many last minute goals. I just said, we can't just sack him now. He should probably also be buried alive. Mm. And I was, and Twitter kicked me off completely. Mm. I had to delete the bit where I went with the corpses of his recently murdered children, mm. which I thought poor, because I was <laughs> fucking angry at the amount of that. So I thought, see, I was angry, but at least I had the wherewithal to go, well, I won't say that. Mm -hmm. It should be fine. Mm -hmm. And they deleted it. It hasn't stopped me thinking that. I still mm. think that he should be buried alive. Mm. He's an idiot. Mm. Sack him. Mm -hmm. Sack Kenny Jacket. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so... People like me aren't allowed on Twitter, but we are allowed on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, it's good that I don't know any of the people involved, um, but there we go. Yeah, it is good because he's mm. a fucking moron. Right, okay. Um, anyway, uh, but I'm I'm at Hill Off Riot Act now, if you want to follow me on Twitter. Oh. And I'm not even following Portsmouth Football Club because what's the point? No one follows me to listen to me talk about football anyway that's, all of this podcast it's a hell of an acquit uh, of a uh, attachment that you've well a hell of a um attachment isn't the words um uh, uh, commitment you've made to riot act because it means that you've got to be on the show for another six months before you get kicked off again doesn't it what what do you mean because you've got riot act in the at in the name. oh right yeah we can change that at any point oh can you yeah you just change it i don't understand twitter Instagram's better. Get on Instagram. I prefer. I much prefer Instagram now. I've got an Instagram account now. Have you fucking yeah. finally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, good. Exciting stuff. Yeah. Follow we me at Renfrey underscore Deadman. Give. I'm going to start using the fucking Riot Act uh, Instagram page. Yeah, just don't get us chucked off that. You can't get chucked off unless you put like a picture of like Willie or something. They're not going to kick you off. You can be racist on Twitter, but you're not allowed a picture of a Willie. That's the you know rules. on. You can be racist. Well, you can't be racist, or you're not supposed to be racist on on Twitter. But yeah, you probably can. You can put a picture of a Willie on Twitter. Yeah, you probably can. And like bums and stuff, you can put all that. That's all on Twitter. Not on Instagram though. You're not even allowed to show your nipple on Instagram. It's Are nice. you not? No. Oh well, I'll delete nice. my profile. What's the point? <laughs> Waste of time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I uh, like Instagram. I've been I've been turned over to it by um. Well, you know, the old the missus is uh, proper Instagram, isn't she? Mm, yeah, she yeah, loves yeah. it she's Miss Instagram yeah she's yeah. got more followers than all of you lot put together 
<laughs> what a brag. My girlfriend has more followers than all of you. No, I'm just saying it's mental. Like she gets some. Okay, yeah, so there's some mental people on Instagram. Do you want me to edit this or are you okay? Uh, <laughs> probably a little bit. Let's do the. Re- let's uh, let's do some reviews. Uh, well, not reviews. I'm gonna go through my ten albums that I picked, same as Renfrey did. Um, <laughs> same as Renfrey did last week. Yeah, we'll do it now. Let's start with Health Volume Four. Slaves of Fear is the name of the record. It is the fourth album from the LA industrial noisists. Nice Health. Um, they played with Bring Me the Horizon. At all mm-hmm. points east earlier this year. And I remember going to that gig and Merlin Alderslade of Metal Hammer Magazine, the editor of Metal Hammer Magazine, said to me, oh, that's my favourite album of the year. I'm he definitely going to love it. bloody loves it, doesn't he? He absolutely bloody loves this band bloody. and he loves this record. Um, so, yeah, this is a, a, a band who I really, I have to be honest, I didn't know anything about health. Do you know anything, do you know anything about health? Before? I was vaguely aware of their last album. Death Magic. Yes. Mm. um and yeah yeah i am i am vaguely aware of them um i guess the whole sort of noisists thing is accurate they've added quite a lot more sort of synthy bits and pieces this is this is um far less this is less abrasive than they used to be right. still relatively abrasive but mm. uh it's less abrasive yeah see i didn't know anything about them at all to be perfect i think you like health a lot yeah, mm. I think I should probably go back and uh, investigate their back catalogue because, um, yeah, on Merlin's sort of recommendation, I eventually did go and listen to this, and it did take a couple of months. And I thought, oh, this is, this is a bit of me. It's re- it's a really interesting record. This, mm. um, I sort of uh, thought it's either kind of like a more electronic, like BT version of the Drive soundtrack. Yeah. Or like the Black Queen mm-hmm. gone yeah. even darker the, and even more, you know, like there's, yeah, it, it's it's almost at points. Uh, it reminds me of, but I mean, we spoke about Perturbator um, mm. last week or maybe the week before. I can't remember who we were talking about them in relation to actually. But we mentioned either. Perturbator. We mentioned kind of Ghost. Ghost. and um and you know carpenter brute and i got like kind of when that sort of thing first was happening i was like oh, i love this i love this it's really really great it's really really great um and i wouldn't say i don't like you know i still think purvey is great mm-hmm. you know and i still think carpenter brute are like mad fun but i've not really gone out of my way to try and investigate any further into it and possibly that's because um due to a lack of vocals and the fact that you know they are very very ah, it's john carpenter let's do a john carpenter spooky yeah. music thing um it feels like there's not a lot of wiggle room around that yes. genre and what this has done and uh, you know at first i was like oh is it going to be a bit just sort of like an industrial version of that synth wave thing and i think they've got bits of that but because this has got vocals you know all over it mm-hmm. because this has got um you know elements of actual noise music mm-hmm. elements of kind of different parts of edm and industrial music uh it's certainly much more interesting i think the key thing is synthwave is not the starting point yeah which for my money is why this is more i don't have an issue with the perturbator stuff and carpenter brute stuff i certainly Mm. don't like it as much as you do but i think it's kind of cool and um, i understand Mm. why it's part of um the metal world um but um this is more interesting to me because it feels like it comes more from a band first mm. i remember it was a while ago but I went to see perturbator live maybe 
maybe even before we were doing this podcast. And I left halfway through because yeah, I remember chatting to you about it. As a live act, I find it a bit dull. Like I actually don't mind. Like I'll listen to Perturbator alone quite happily uh, at home um, with friends, maybe. But um, but live because I mean I think it's changing now, and I think there are different he's elements got, being added now, aren't there? Yeah, he, he. I think he's getting a live drummer and a guitarist. And stuff so I like probably that. should go and see him again. But but at the time it was him behind an apple mac mm. and i was just like well mm. you know and i left after about half an hour mm. um but this feels far more like uh well they're a trio it's a sort of it feels like a band who are playing with those elements yeah. rather than a synth wave thing you know mm. oh yeah definitely i mean I I, I I i was really only bringing up synth wave not as if i think if, if people think this is synth wave you obviously yeah, get the wrong impre- no, impression yeah, of it yeah. because it's definitely not um what just it, has elements of it doesn't yeah it? And, and what it ha- has is that very dark 80s industrialized post-punk um vibe to it that kind yeah. of it has got a bit of a john carpenter vibe to it but then it's also got a bit of a you know dare i say it lost boys vibe to it as well yeah you know i mean <laughs> but then it also has these really beautiful effeminate vocals and i have to say effeminate vocals because i mean for months i assumed the vocalist was female and um, it's actually a male vocalist um but the vocals are so I didn't even know. That. Okay, th- okay, there we go. Yeah, so the the vocals are so um, effeminate that that I I simply made an assumption that they were that it was a lady. Oh well, the 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 person in question is called Jake. Then I uh, I think uh, he. Uh, oh God, I'm getting myself into trouble <laughs> right now. Is, is I, it I, Sam Smith? I, what would you call <laughs> Sam Smith? I I I I I think they. Um, uh, identify as a man and you know but mm. but but you you could be mistaken for thinking these are female vocals but oh they're, they're absolutely actually yeah not. i mean i i did to be but honest. there's but there's a really beautiful ethereal quality to the vocals yeah, which yeah. adds a whole bunch more mm. uh that that the, you know the it's just a really nice ju- juxtaposition to hear like such you know beautiful wistful um like you say feminine um seductive sounding vocals over such at some points really kind of dark harsh throbs of of noise you know like, you should hear me making love i'm good <laughs> <laughs> seductive is a good word yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and <laughs> um yeah uh but yeah but it, it but it is but those that that kind of juxtaposition is really cool and you know Let's be real here. Some of these songs are fucking just absolute rages as well. They're I'm still thinking about throbs of noise. Mm. <laughs> uh, the title track is track track eleven on here is brilliant. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, there's a few actually that I think are just great on it. At least half of this record, I think, is brilliant. Yeah, I really like this album. Um, I think you'd like their previous album even more. Because yeah, it's noisier. And you like noise. I do, yeah. But um, yeah, no, I, I I really like this. I think it's a really, really cool record. Yeah, yeah. it's very, very good. Um, so thanks, Merlin. If the drive soundtrack, but a bit more like sounds cool to you, then you should totally check this out. What I like about it as well is it kind of sneaks up on you how horrible it is. Yes, it does. Yes. Like that's like it's weird because you go, oh, you know, it's kind of. It could be like churches or you know one of those sort of modern like dark pop bands and then it suddenly gets really really horrible yeah 
I think if you were listening passively, you could mistake it for churches. Yeah. And uh, and then suddenly it's you're just going, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, God, turn it off. Or turn it up, more like. So, yeah, anyway. Brave. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that album a lot. That's Health. Um, it's called Sla- Volume 4, Slaves of Fear. Um, the next album I want to talk about is Dog Whistle by Show Me The Body. The second album from the New York Art Hardcore Trio. Um, Sounds like a bit of you. Yeah. Now, earlier Sounds on, like a bit of me too. It does. And I, earlier on, I mean, very, not that long ago, I said there is a band coming up that make me think, why can't Fever 333 sound like this? To me, you know, when you think of something like the new Refused album and people go, it's really great and really... Da, 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 um, this is the bar for those sort of forward thinking hardcore bands this to me is everything that i loved about forever by code orange this has a similar um lack of rules that it sticks to that um that i think is fucking really awesome really inspiring and um but they do it in a whereas code orange are very much a dumpy thuggish metallic hardcore mm-hmm. band which puts a lot of people off yeah certainly the thuggishness this is small wiry much more wiry more is punky yeah is, is kind of punk rock could be the bronx or blood brothers uh, was the one i got who's they? blood brothers yeah blood brothers you know all that kind of um stuff that we've i feel like we are mentioning a lot at the moment mm-hmm. but whereas when we talk about a band like frail body or um see space cowboy or you know one of those many bands that we've spoken about who we go oh what this is a great reference to that period in time where emo and hardcore and metallic hardcore and all that stuff was kind of happening and the kind of um you know the 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 grindy sort of hardcore bands mm-hmm. um they all to me sound like they've listened to that um what do they used to call it spazcore bands yep. and they uh, used to not allowed to call it that anymore they used to they used they did we don't, we don't to, call it that anymore yeah, yeah but obviously yeah. don't call it that um <clears throat> but um but this doesn't although i i feel like there are elements that could be taken from that scene this to me feels really really contemporary this isn't like oh that really reminds me of back in the day it feels super duper contemporary and I first heard this band on BBC Six Music about Did you? half ten in the morning. Interestingly, Hobbs, interestingly, right? they have been reviewed on the Guardian and and places like that. And yeah, it's kind of in, it's interesting. Mm, that. Mm. Um, it's twenty seven minutes long. It's very short. Yeah, it's quite a short minutes. record. But what they get through in that twenty seven minutes is fucking incredible. Mm. Um, I love everything about this band on paper oh fuck okay Mm. um i you know experimental hardcore yes love that from new york yes i like new york i like pizza Mm. i like stuff like that um punky i I mentioned blood brothers um what was the band you mentioned bronx fucking adore the bronx uh wiry all of this stuff like everything on paper and uh mr ben tipple who helped us out with the 2000 trees review he went yeah. to see them at 2000 trees yeah. and everything about 
everything that he was describing about their live show, he said it wasn't very busy, but he, he was really knocked out by it. He thought it was yeah. incredible. You know, there's banjos that just suddenly come in on this really mm. abrasive, weird hardcore music. And yet I, I've actually, um, I listened to this album after hearing him talking, talking about them and I was really let down by it. I feel, I understand everything you're saying and I understand why you'd feel that way. I just don't feel like they have the songs. I don't really? feel I, okay. nothing hooks me in that bass line. I mean, the the, the, the second the, there's a song called "Not for Love" on it, which is the second song, and it just has this bass line that comes in, and that was the point where because actually I I listened to the, I can't remember what song they played on Six Music, and I was like, "Fuck me, that's noisy, that isn't it?" Mm. And I remember going, "Oh yeah, show me the body. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that band. Show me the body. Yeah, mm. I've heard of them." Mm. And um, so I listened to the album like that evening when I kind of got home. And this is going back. I mean, this is what probably uh, May, I reckon, kind mm-hmm. of late May. And um, and I, at f- my first listen through to it, I was a bit like, oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 And then the second time I listened to it, because obviously, I mean, one of the things I will say, and it would be hypocritical of me not to pick this up after kind of giving um, uh, Callous Dowboys a bit of a kick in for the wackiness mm-hmm. the, last week is the slightly over pretentious um, spoken word passages mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. do take some getting used to, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you kind of want them to, you know, to go mm-hmm. <laughs> a little mm-hmm. bit like mm-hmm. I'm not that keen on that. I have mm-hmm. to say, uh, and I was sort of going, oh, you're just a fucking hardcore band, and then you're like going, I'll wait for you forever. And I love all that. And I was like, nah, mate, come on. You know, no, 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 no. But so then, I thought I did a really good reading of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then second time round, it's not for love. The baseline that comes in on not for love at the start, I was, it hooked me. Mm. Second time I listened to it, it hooked me. And from that point, I just suddenly started to hear so many other things that I just don't get enough from so many hardcore bands well i can't disagree yeah i know i know yeah i can't disagree with that i mean i do think that they are incredibly interesting incredibly incredibly experimental and really different from other hardcore bands and i think that's really cool and i've gone back to this record a few times throughout the year because there is something about it and when you brought it in i was like oh good i think we should definitely cover that record I hope I like it by the time we cover it and I don't. Yeah. And I, I, I really want to, because I think it is really experimental and progressive and interesting, yeah. but it, that it just has not hooked me at all as of yet. And I don't know if I just need to adjust. I mean, look, blood brothers took me fucking ages mm. when I first heard it, Burn it Piano. It might I'm, be a year or so. I mean, like yeah, I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was probably, it, yeah, it was the second. Is that based on the, on the, the second time round, the first time round, I did go. Well, that's kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. I just think I, you know, I'd listen to them because wow, hardcore band on six music. Six music, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, songs like like Forks and Knives, the sixth track on there, is uh, fucking great. Yeah, has a almost nine inch nailsy feel yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of if you're picking out influences, you know, like obviously we 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 said about that scene from. Uh, the Bronx uh, or Blood Brothers or whatever, but there is bits of rap in there. Mm-hmm. There is bits of industrial music. There's hip hop. There's 
almost um, indie music in there, like yeah. folky parts. Yeah. Like there's, there are all kinds of bits in there that, you know, really Parker don't, don't do. It's a really fascinating amalgam. And, and as mm. I say, on paper, I yeah, adore I everything about this band. And it's why I keep going back to it, because I'm like, I think I'm missing something and I'm not sure what it is. But I reckon over, you know, since when did I go to Trees? July. So since July, I reckon I've listened to this record. I've probably gone back to it four times and I've never enjoyed it. Um, And I don't know what the, uh, the only thing, the only conclusion that I can come to at the moment is maybe the songs aren't good enough, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, I was about to say when I first heard Burn Piano Island Burn by Blood Brothers, I just thought it was total fucking noise. Mm. And now I think it's an absolutely genius record, you know? So I don't, I can't remember how long Burn Piano Island Burn took for me to get into it, but it could have been a good year, mm. you know? That probably would have been like, I don't know, but that would that not have been one of the first times you'd heard anything similar to that before? Um, I would have heard Glassjaw at that point, but I guess they're well, not I as think they're, as that. I think Glassjaw are a fucking much easier proposition than, than I think that, that I think they're in the same field, but but yes, they're, they're different he, sides of them. I remember hearing Burn Piano, Iron and Burn and going, fucking hell, yeah, what? Yeah, oh, it's chaotic and wild and it sounds like they're chucking their instruments down a flight of mm. stairs kind of thing, you know. But... Um, what a great record! Though. It's wonderful. I mean, burn piano, but I think young. I think. There we go. I think I think Young Machetes is even better, to be honest. Um, but you know, yeah, incredible band. Um, but oh, Young Machetes is. Oh, it's incredible! It's fucking unbelievable! Oh, someone give that to us on writer's review. <laughs> we don't uh, have to just do it. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, the, I, I think this is, as I say, I I adore everything about this record on paper, and yet for some reason it hasn't hooked me in. Mm. Um, and I think they are, maybe maybe they are one of those bands who are insanely ahead of their time because you sort of saying, you know, this could, be, well, you've not strictly said this is the future of hardcore or anything like that, but certainly the saying that they're doing something new and different and something exciting, um, you know, like it, it, this could be where that music goes, but it just feels like it's kind of like a bit far ahead in the yeah maybe you know, I, I don't I know i don't of, know I, I think well, i mean the kind of the brevity of it is something as well that i think like it's very very short which is not unusual in the world of hardcore but mm. in terms of the way the album skips around all over the place there's another album that we'll talk about in a bit which skips around all over the place and that seems to be something that people in a way like in the main more in the mainstream more in kind of um populist uh, mm-hmm. genres that are yeah. doing, you know kind of cutting edge populist genres yeah. are doing that and i think actually um that might be something why they're crossing over. I mean, we've, that's not... we've talked about this a lot in terms of, I think it's down to how people listen to music now and the fact yeah, yeah. that they don't have a financial barrier to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, but that, you know, in that sense, show me the body are surely a hardcore band for, for right now. Definitely. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, the, the, I, I admire them massively and I will be keeping an eye on them and I, I really want to see them live. Mm. I'd love to see this live. I'm really curious about it, Yeah, but I just don't like it yet, right. but mm. I'm hoping that will change. Well, I'm gonna uh, keep going I really, really like it. Cool. Um, and I definitely would like to see him live as well. So that's uh, Dog Whistle by Show Me The Body. The next album uh, comes from a band called Snow Ghosts. The album is called A Quiet Ritual. It's the third album from the UK trio who kind of meld again. Like it's a melding of, I guess, modern folk, industrial again, um, post-rock uh ideas 
um, into quite a pretty package for the most part. Yeah, I, think. Um, I mean, it, it, it is it is a record about death. There's a few yeah. of those. Um, but, well, it becomes pretty, doesn't it? It starts really quite abrasive and, and uh, strange. It sort of reminded me of Teeth of the Sea a little bit mm-hmm. um, in the manner that it started. But then on the third track, um, uh, some female vocals come in from Hannah Cartwright, I believe. Um, and um, it, it's, it does change the mood of the record somewhat mm. and makes it something really quite uh, pretty but melancholy, I guess. Yeah, I, I was actually... Um, I want to shout out Chris, our, our friend Christine, who works for Willful ah. Publicity, actually emailed me and said, dude, you need to cover this album. It, it's really, really great. And I said, oh, yes, yes, yes. I, you know, we'll get around to it. And, you know, people, um, we get, we say it again before we start recording tonight. We get told to listen to a lot of stuff. Oh, my God. There is a lot of stuff to listen to. I think particularly now as we're doing this podcast rather than just writing for Metal Hammer or writing about, mm. you know, quote unquote rock and metal. Mm. We're starting to broaden out a little bit. It has kind of qu- doubled, trebled, quadrupled the amount of stuff. That We've we kind of made a rod for our own back yeah, slightly. Yeah. I mean, it's not, you know, <laughs> it, it's not easy to try and juggle that stuff. But I do always try and give something a quick go. And he sent me one song uh, from this record. Which I, one was it? I, do you know what? I can't okay. even remember. It was that long ago that I can't remember. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I think I remember putting it in for hey this is out soon maybe we should cover it and we never got around to it um but when i actually came to finally listen to the record in full um because the first track that i'd listened to was i mean they've been featured on a lot of tv shows actually uh, a song from their last album apparently was featured in season three of teen wolf so, great yeah i but, mean I, I that it feels very cinematic and i yes. mean th- this is the closest to post-rock we get this week but yeah. i don't think this is a straight ahead post-rock no no thing me, at me all neither, but but you know if this was described as post-rock i'd be like yeah well of. i think actually i mean you read their bio and it says they kind of came together over shared mutual love of industrial music um avant-garde uh pop uh post-rock and um uh, and folk is what, is mm-hmm. what they've actually yep. kind of described that, themselves. That is as. pretty much the four yeah. elements that make up this band. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, and so I didn't quite, you know, I, I thought my, my first sort of reaction to it was like, well, this is all, the sort of thing you'd hear on an advert for Game of Thrones or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like that. Mm-hmm. That was what I heard first of all, and I was like, oh, you know, it's quite kind of lush and sweeping, and, not, and there's lots of those sort of bands. I mean, again, to to, to bring up, say, well, we said. Um, uh, churches earlier and I guess you know it's a similar sort of thing maybe Bat for Lashes or something that I, I kind of reference as well and my first initial thing was oh it's going to be a bit like that mm. you know and then actually sitting down and listening to the record mm. I was like oh fuck mm. not darker at all than, darker than not those. at yeah, all yeah, 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 yeah. yeah not, much much darker not at all like really quite dark to the point where I, you know I thought we were going to be covering it as a kind of female singer songwritery um, solo artist realm i'm kind of surprised that this hasn't been picked up on all this i don't believe it's been picked up on by the rock press to go in alongside chelsea wolf and you know the the that whole they you know obviously they want to call it death gospel um i'm kind of surprised that the rock press haven't bothered with snow ghosts at all Hmm. you know because they haven't i don't Hmm. think no i mean i i didn't know about them until you brought them to me um i i 
Um, I, I really like this. It's it's right up my street in terms of it being sort of difficult to define. Yeah. Um, odd, dark, you know, um, stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan. I'm a massive fan of like uh, ethereal female vocals over the top of that kind of thing now. Mm-hmm. And that, that this has that a lot. Yeah. Um, and there's some really interesting instrumentation that they use. They use this thing. What's it called? It's like a... Uh, a Carnex. Oh, it's spelled C A R R N Y X. And they had to enlist the services of a guy called John Kenny, who's one of the few people in the world who can now play it because it's basically an ancient instrument. Right. And there's some really interesting sounds as, as a result of the weird instrumentation that they get on it. There's some interesting sounds on this record that you just don't hear anywhere else. Mm. Um, and it's a really interesting hybrid of a lot of different elements. I, I really liked this. I mean, I guess it feels like a me album doesn't mm. it but but i i you know and they're from bath which is mm. nearish me yeah. um i yeah i think it's really cool i like this a lot i feel like it's going to be a bit of a grower as well yeah um, yeah i mean I, certainly for me like because i didn't at first i didn't really push it for us to cover it yeah because i thought you know i did think to myself oh well this is you know we're always like to, to be just transparent about it we're always kind of going okay well let's not you know it's, it's easy for us to get I like them. We could, we could cover five metal albums every week or five punk albums every week. You know, we could do that. It would be easy for us to do that. But we're, you know, I think we, you and I both make a quite a conscious effort to go, what else can we get that's not that? And when this came along, I was like, right, great. Well, that's not that. But then we never got around to covering it. And I think it was initially because I was sort of surprised at what it was. And I didn't, at first I was like, ah, oh, this is cool. I think this is cool. I'm pretty sure this is good. But as it's gone on now, the more and more I listen to it, the more and more I'm like, oh, it's, it's really fucking good. It feels like a, I don't want to be as big headed to say a riot act band, but it does feel like a the sort of band that we would want to push on this yeah, show yeah. because um, because they're not easily categorizable. Mm. And uh, I do love it when they're full, when it when it's spooky as fuck, when yeah. it's really dark and spooky. Like, yeah. I, and that was a great surprise. Like, there's an album, like, because of what I assumed it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a song called Tear Your Eyes. And that is like... Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Don't do um, that. But listen to the song, because the song's fucking excellent. And it's a bit like Abyss era chelsea wolf i think Ooh, yeah uh, mm. it's really really good and it it's you know her voice is crackling over yeah. the top of this absolutely just remorseless like pounding machine almost mm. of, and again we talking about headphones albums th- th- mm. that song sounds so good on a pair of really good headphones mm-hmm. like the production job on this is uh, it's starting. modern production yeah. but it is like you can tell i think they are doing all right commercially i mean whoever's produced this album it sounds like there's been a lot of money put into it mm. because it sounds fucking staggeringly yeah. yeah 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 it sounds great yeah, yeah i really like this this is um this is uh this is one of my favorites that you've brought in i would say good good okay well um that is snow ghosts the album's called a quiet ritual and the next record that we're going to talk about is Port Noir, the new routine. Um, I saved talking about these guys earlier because they actually were the opening band um, on the Leprous show. Oh, were they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this has kind of come in at the very, very last minute. I actually threw out an EP, um, not because it wasn't good, because the EP I was going to talk about is really, really fucking good. 
Do you want to mention it quickly? It's Hound by Creature. Mm -hmm. It's really, really good. If you like gallows and if you like kind of um, cancer bats and if you like... But imagine that with a bit of thrash in it. It's fucking good, that album. Uh, Or that EP. But it's 11 minutes long. I thought, you know, we said 10 albums, so I'm going to change it up and pick an actual album. You know, Um, so... Made my job harder? Yeah, sorry about that, mate. Well, made my own job harder because I only fucking heard of them the other day. And people were like... People were leaving after they played at Leopards oh. in the Ocean. Like, oh. it felt like there were people there. I spoke to someone, they're going, yeah, I just went to see them and I'm going now. Like, people were oh. really, really fucking into them. And they were walking away, like, kind of with their jaws on the floor. Oh, God, it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. What did you think of them live? Um, I thought they were, well, like, I thought they were good. But I kind of walked in, to be honest, I walked in very near the end of their set okay so that's also why i didn't want to review them <laughs> um but um they sounded good i thought they sounded i thought they sounded good and they were very instantly catchy and this mm. record um so this is their third album they're alt prog swedes yeah yeah um and my my i hesitated uh because oh they're on a prog label, Inside Out, yeah. uh, who do, or Devon Townsend, uh, Leprous, probably. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, all that kind of thing. Um, but this is... Uh, more straightforward. More straightforward, more Definitely. digestible. Yes, yeah. absolutely it is. Um, I think you could only just call this prog. But You can call it prog in the sense that, and this is the only way that I will call it, is that in the sense that... That views are a prog band? <laughs> no, no, no. In, the, in the sense that it sounds production-wise and tonally like a lot of modern prog yeah just but distilled into three four minutes yeah a lot of the time so if you like the the idea of the sort of sound of tech metal or modern prog with the sort of ideas and song ideas and song uh writing that you would have got from the sort of early noughties brit rock scene Hmm. um then i think you might really really like this hmm you know like they're kind of fairly straight ahead rock songs but they just sound modern like like modern prog songs and um they reminded me a bit of arcane roots as well a little bit at points yes yes i can see that a little bit um i think i suppose they have that kind of good that amalgam of quite poppy elements but with Darker, synthier sounds and heavier sounding. Synthier sounds is that your name? Synthier <laughs> sounds. It's actually my porn name. Um, sort of. Uh, it has it, like, yeah, I can sort of see that. I mean, I, I you mean, don't seem convinced, Brimfrey. Well, I, 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 the Arcane Roots comparison. I, I think Arcane Roots are far superior. Um, I, I think Arcane Roots definitely are a. a, a, a a band who aim for something quite a lot higher than this band is. yes yes i think yeah. i would agree with that as well um i think they are a really interesting amalgam um the band themselves say that they are inspired by rage against the machine death from above 1979 the weekend daft punk and queens of the stone age mm. well that shameless bulls on parade ripoff on, <laughs> uh, on the song 13 we, we were just we were just listening to, to it as we uh, as we set up and it is literally one note off of mm. balls of parade um i mean i can see elements of all of those bands more so some than others um 
I I think I think this is kind of interesting, but maybe because it's a slight version of stuff that I like. Yeah, I'm a little bit like I have. I, I think I think I think there are aged fresco parables with this band mm. as well, and they kind of sound a little bit like Arcane Roots, a little bit like Agent Fresco, but for my money, not as good as either of them. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, to to be clear, I brought it in because it, I I I was I brought it in for two reasons. One, because I was I heard them and I saw the reaction to them, and I thought, fucking hell, people obviously really really love this band, so I think it's definitely something that we should you know at mm, least sure yeah, at yeah, least, yeah. Uh, like look into it's definitely um, interesting uh yeah secondly i thought it was a little bit different from everything else that, yep. was, that was on the show this definitely week. but ultimately is it a great record you know my first kind of run through the first sort of three or four songs i was like this is really good um uh they don't always at some points i, I just think it it often goes a bit too close into that like um poor, almost I think the songwriting is slightly of a higher, more of a more mature standard, but almost stuff like Young Guns and that like raw power management shite. I'm sort uh, of glad you. Said- I, I mean, I like Don Broco, so you know, I'm not <laughs> sort of slagging off everything, but the kind of like you know, top man t-shirt, fucking bland twat bands that that were sort of clogging up the British rock scene about five years ago. I'm glad you said that in a way because there are points on this record and it's never like a whole song but there are points on it where the poppiness is just a little too poppy for me yes i think that is maybe that is a problem i mean oddly when that absolutely well only only if you don't like that sort of thing yeah uh, but mm, yeah but uh, why would you like that sort of thing they were actually they reminded me another band that came out who got agent fresco comparisons and i was like yeah they're like agent fresco but not as good uh, a few years ago as Nothing But Thieves. Do you remember yeah. that band? Well, mate, they played with Bring Me The Horizon. And- they played, they supported Muse uh, during their headline. I mean, they're doing enormously well. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think they're a quote-unquote bad band, but they are a band who take bands that I adore and simplify everything and just shave off all the harder yeah. edges. And, and I just kind of like why would you listen to that when Agent Fresco exists? But, you know, but, you know, it's because some people want those hard edges shaved off. Mm. Mm. I I actually prefer Port Noir to Nothing But Thieves, probably. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I do. Another comparison I made, this is one that was a little bit weirder, but um, I thought in parts they sounded a little bit like Royal Republic on a hangover. I thought they sounded a bit like Royal (laughs) Republic, but then I thought, God, if I say that, people are going to go, are you mad? I might go, are you mad? Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the hangover part is important because they are, they're never as happy and and like party Mm. as uh, Royal Republic. Um, But yeah, maybe it's, I think maybe it might just be his accent. It might, I mean, they are Swedish and it could be that. Um, But yeah, um, I couldn't, that was another way to sort of look at it rather than being like Agent Fresco light, maybe royal republic but darker yeah um but uh, and the songs are you know royal republic write great simple rock songs yeah and this essentially really they are simple rock songs yeah. like that you know they might sound tonally like a prog band but i don't think there's anything particularly challenging about this record well it's that's what, fine yeah it's 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 why it's a not to get too music industry on you guys uh but it's uh why it's interesting that it's coming out on inside out who are who are predominantly they're like a german prog progier than prog prog label you know that's why it's an interesting 
um uh signing for them yeah because you can see why they signed them but at the same time it's a bit of a risk for them i think it was mm, mm. you know but um yeah i mean you know yeah it, it, well and you look at the people they've gone out with and they're clearly like they're, tr- they're pushing they're going like, oh, yeah, pushing pushing in that in, direction yeah, yeah. but they probably could play with some of those bands that we mentioned before and yeah. would really like go what the fuck is this do you know what i mean like if you put if you put leprous on with if you put leprous on with young i don't know if you know young guns are together if you put like leprous on with young guns or whatever people would go what the fuck is this yes Whereas if you put this on with young guns yes. people would go oh okay yes i think i think For the most well part, they'd be like wow this band sound like nothing i've ever heard of before because people like young guns are the, the, the worst things in the world aren't they? the worst <laughs> um but yeah they would i think um I, I think i mentioned it already but muse as well i think uh, yeah, if muse. this band supported muse i think that would actually work quite well mm. uh, they don't have the sort of histrionic elements that muse do but i i could see it being a being a good package yeah for sure but anyway have a little listen see what you think it's, it's all right it's got some pretty good i think there's some really good songs in it but i also yeah. think it's not it didn't hold my attention for the entire time but it no. certainly is is interesting yeah. uh that's port noir the new routine uh the next record we're going to talk about comes from ashbringer the record is called absolution it's the third album from the uh, minnesota-based atmospheric black metal band remfrey has basically trumped me in um black metal top trumps i think because uh last week not not what people would have expected no no because <clears throat> you brought in shamash which is just so 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 great and you also brought in um Numenorian. yeah uh which is also absolutely fucking outrageously brilliant yes and i was thinking oh, i would be good to get some kind of cool uh, uh extreme black metal-esque band and i was like oh that ashbringer album i got i basically so i got got given this from metal hammer and i had a couple of listens to it and at first i was like not sure about this it's not great um it's gonna get a kind of fairly lukewarm review and then um a couple of listens in it did that thing which it kind of i think a lot of atmospheric black metal bands do where um or have where it sort of slowly subtly my opinion of it started to change and it mm-hmm. felt like i could hear you know the the shape started to form clearer in my mind about mm-hmm. what they were trying to do mm-hmm. and um particularly towards the end of the record mm-hmm. and it's a long record you know mm. it is a long long record and 68 minutes and it's it's too long. To it's be too long. It's, it's definitely too long. Too long. Um, but there's a couple of times in it. I mean, Spiritual Architecture, which is the seventh song in it, which is near, just under 10 minutes long. It's nine minutes, 22 seconds. Uh, it's fucking brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. Oh, yes. I mean, that is seriously brilliant. I love the fact this band bring in really jaunty piano to black mm. metal yeah <laughs> like you know when axel rose plays piano around mm. the use your illusion era mm. it's like piano like that it's like rolling stones s piano mm. hon- almost honky tonk stuff mm. but in black metal and mm. that is well i you know i've already professed i'm not a black metal expert i've not heard that in black metal before um and i think it sounded really fucking cool yeah um and um yeah i i, I do I, I like this a lot it reminded me um of um opeth's first two records being very specific here yeah. uh, particularly orchid yeah. uh, probably a better version of orchid if i'm honest mm. um but orchid and uh, morning rise yeah, morning. um 
you know that kind of era of opeth where they were doing more sort of atmospheric black metal stuff but with like folky interludes with a lot of acoustic stuff that's just thrown in and stuff like that it's a really um uh this might sound like a strange thing to say for non-black metal um advocates but it's quite a pleasant record to listen to it's like it washes over you quite nicely yes, and we spoke last week about the difference between atmospheric what what i perceive or what we both i think agreed on was atmospheric black metal and black gaze and yes. black gaze yes. and how you know the two records we talked about had melodic parts and they had atmospheric parts it had kind of ethereal parts but they didn't but to me they weren't black gaze because yes. the elements of chew gaze and uh, you know sort of mid 80s indie music which is what that whole thing was taken from yep. are not there yep. i think I wouldn't probably wouldn't go as far as to call this band a shoegaze, uh, uh, a black, black gaze band. I don't think they're a black gaze band. No, yeah. but I think there are definitely more elements in it. But I think they've kind of interestingly taken some of the more aggressive elements of uh, My Bloody Valentine or Ride or whoever, and and have um, have kind of put them in. A little bit mm-hmm. more, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even some of the guitar playing is slightly Johnny Marr esque. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously distorted to fuck. Yeah. And <laughs> and played at like treble the pace. Yeah. But I was like, oh, there's you know, like they they they've definitely got a little kernel of that stuff in there. They're and definitely I'm, not just taking from black metal. You no, know. they're definitely not just taking from black metal. And they're, you know, again, I think um, kind of a bit of folk metal gets in there as well. And um, and you mentioned the piano, which I think, you know, the piano parts of it are, uh, are fucking brilliant. Brilliant, yeah. Um, and they're a cool band. I think I could love this record. I think I could really love this record. I think I could really love this band. Um, and I do like this record a lot. I do think it's good. I just think... There's a tendency within black metal that we spoke about last week from purists to have a production job, which is shit. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. And the production on this is shit, isn't it? I have two issues with this record. A, the length, um, very quickly. I don't think a song should be omitted from this album, but I I, I feel like every single song could do with a bit of shaving and yeah, snipping here and there. And there yeah. The production on this album... I want this. We were talking about last week about um, how amazing that Smash record sounds, and he, and to a lesser extent the Numenorean mm. record as well. Um, but you know that that the difference between the Biscuit Tin black metal and and, mm. and black metal that's actually produced well. This isn't Biscuit Tin metal, uh, black metal. This isn't no. you know this isn't like uh, early Mayhem or anything like that. Um, but it still sounds. But the cheap. production is. Bad. not very good um it's, it's bad it's, it is bad the songs are good yeah. and you know and it's you so will have to annoying. listen i think you like like i said i probably listened to this five times when i was reviewing it for hammer and i was like right i was in the i was actually writing the review mm. going it's crap this like it's no good no, no I, I don't think i said it's crap but i think i was going you know you don't need this record in your life and mm. then it was when spiritual architecture came in and suddenly I was like, hold on, am I being, am I being stupid here? Because this suddenly sounds really good. 
and then I listened to the record again and I think I just got used to the production mm. and I started to yep. go, yeah, oh, fucking yep. hell, these songs are really, these songs are good. Well, that's like, the thing. Hell, these songs are really good. But I think if you listen to this record half a dozen times, you will just get used to the production. It's, it's not a, dis- it's not a disaster, the production. Mm. It, but one thing I will say, I had a, I was like, okay, who the fuck produced this? And, yeah. and what were they thinking? Um, it's, it's self-produced. Um, and uh, maybe they can't afford to get a producer in. Maybe they just wanted to take that decision um, because they wanted to save some money or whatever. I don't. I don't know. Um, I was trying to think: is it because they want to go for that old school black metal vibe? And I don't think I, it is. N- no. Yeah, I wondered if it was that. But then I think if they were doing that, then they wouldn't be putting so much jaunty the, piano in it. Yeah, there's so much in it which is an, <laughs> yeah. like anathema to you know true pure black the metal. Cult black metal the, stuff, yeah. You know, yeah. you just think this could really benefit. But you know, there are they are a very very underground band, you know, they're a, they're a very small band. They are. Um um I I I, I but you just think like that there is something weird about that production job. I think I think if this had been produced as well as that Smash record for example mm. this would be my favorite album you've brought in and I think the production is that much of a hindrance on it and it is Such a real a fucking yeah. shame yeah. um because it is there's some great stuff on this mm. it's really really good. I was also sort of hoping it was their first album and that it would just be like oh it's our it's our first album so we produced it ourselves blah, blah blah it's actually their third yeah it is uh, third, and yeah. i was kind of hoping that maybe that was just to be sort fair of... it's still third album in four years oh right oh fair well that's so, very good you know they're not that it's not like they've been around no for a really really long time or anything, mm. do you know what mm. I mean? okay yeah fair enough i mean well, again i would love to see this band live because um you would hope that well obviously it wouldn't be a production issue but you know you'd hope that it'd pop a lot more and sound mm. a lot more interesting there are four members of the band and one of them is exclusively on keys and mm. piano and and the piano bits particularly just sound great and it's just a really interesting yeah a really interesting band but yeah i'm I'm so happy because i because i i was like oh i wonder if steve's gonna come in and be like yeah this is how all black metal should sound <laughs> <laughs> and I was no, like, no 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 i mean no no i'm, no. I'm really not that guy I mean, you know i i don't dislike in the same way as you know, like I I don't want to change the production on, um, like when we did the MDC record. I don't want that changed mm. at all. Like, but if a hardcore band came up now, if if the um, uh, Show Me the Body album was produced like the MDC album, no, mm. no, mm. thank you. Mm. Like, I, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, the the world has moved on. Yes, um, and if you're and. If they were just playing rat, like there's a there's a band who I nearly brought in, um, an album that I nearly brought in, uh, which I'm I'm kind of glad I didn't. Bearing in mind how you feel about the um, uh, by Witch Trail, which I don't think is actually out yet, but it's a similar sort of thing, and that is just like, um, like I I really like it. It just fucking sounds like Venom. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but it is just like, yeah, like yeah. gargling horror. But that you know, they are not attempting to do anything with piano or atmospherics, yeah. or they're yeah. not bringing in these kind of my bloody Valentine bits. They're not bringing yeah. any of these kind of folky elements into it at all. Um, they're just going. They're just it's glass gargling black metal. That's, and I don't mind it sounding like that. If that's what you're going to do. But this would really benefit. This sounds from, like it deserves better. Of course, the, the, yeah. the songs on this album deserve better production. 
Mm. And yeah. it's frustrating. But it's excellent. You should listen to it if you but like yeah. that sort of thing. And I'll tell you what as well. Keep an eye on them for when they're... St- yeah. Like, hopefully... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm almost tempted to buy this on vinyl and to, like... and Or buy a T-shirt or do something yeah, yeah. and go, right... Let's get, get money, people. Let's get good. people actually listen to this band, <laughs> yeah. so that they can afford to get a producer yeah, who are going to make yeah, them sound yeah. like they should sound. Because if they write an album as good as this, but it can't, you know, but they get, you know, fucking a, a, a real producer to come in and actually do something with them, they great. could be fucking great. Yep. And I really do hope that they do that. Yep. Um, and also, like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's people's different. I mean, I I end up giving this seven in in Hammer, right. and I would stick by giving it a seven because I think the quality of the songwriting is good. Uh, good enough to you know be worthy of, of that um and somebody actually put on the there's the metal hammer facebook page um and somebody put whoever whoever reviewed the uh the ashbringer album is a moron because it's the best album of the year um and i just think even if you compare it to the only three black metal albums we've covered in the last, last two, two weeks, weeks. Yeah. it is some way behind both of those other two records so uh but what's annoying is i think i think if it had an amazing production job i think we'd oh, be yeah. talking about it probably in going toe to toe with it yeah. yeah definitely so yep. great songs uh hampered by uh, just unusual production choices yes just it just weird like yeah. weird product but anyway uh but anyway the band are called ashbringer and the the album's called Absolution. Give it a listen. See, what Definitely give it a whirl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's move on. The next album is from Life of Agony. The album is called The Sound of Scars. It is, excuse me, the sixth album from the New York Hardcore Legends. The second album of their second comeback, Ooh. if you like. Uh, this has been called a thematic sequel to 1993's legendary debut album, River Runs Red. Uh if you have ever paid attention to pretty much anything I've ever done, really, um, you'll probably be aware of how I feel about Life of Agony. They're one of my favourite bands from that era, from that scene. Um, I love, I love pretty much everything they've ever done. I have to be saying. I mean, mm. even I really like to place where there's no more pain. I, I really love Broken Valley, which was the one that came out in the kind of interim between oh, yeah. uh, Mina Caputo leaving and then the band getting back together kind of properly. Um, I think Broken Valley is one of the most underrated records in of the noise. I need to go back to Broken Valley. It's I have to say. fucking brilliant. Mm. Um, a Place Where There's No More Pain was really good, I thought, at the time. I'll be a liar to say that I listened to it very much if at all at this point um i would kind of cherry pick a couple of songs out of it but i wouldn't say that it's a record that has stuck with me like the rest of their back catalogue i won't lie it kind of bounced off me i wanted to like it a lot more than mm-hmm. i did probably should have tried harder with it it's probably a similar story to polar similar from yeah. uh, the nord regime record which we were talking about last week but the uh their their second comeback record if you like did uh bounce off me a bit very 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 quickly uh i i think life of agony are amazing i don't love them as much as you but certainly river runs red and soul searching sun which i believe is your favorite isn't it soul searching sun is just so insanely underrated even by their own fan base even by the band themselves yeah well so well soul, <laughs> like, soul searching sun it's fucking unbelievable soul searching sun is my favorite yeah life of agony definitely record. my favorite i love um, I, I would actually say river runs red as good as it is is the worst of those i mean uglies 
fucking amazing. I well. need to go back to Ugly as well. Yeah. Um, yeah I, 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 so basically what I'm trying to say, I love early Life of Agony. I occasionally dip into latter Life of Agony. Mm. But um, So... Um, Renfrey, Ellen what Wong. are you saying about the sound of scars? Well, um, uh, I love the fact that they've made absolutely no attempt whatsoever to sound like a modern band. Yeah. Um, if you had told me that this album was recorded and released in 1995, I wouldn't have batted an eyelid. Mm. Um, it sounds so 90s. So 90s. Um, and, you know, that's a bit of us. Um, so that's fine. I don't mind that myself. Um, I don't think the majority of people who will be interested in this record will mind that either. No. Um, it does make me slightly concerned um, in terms of like them being able to pick up new fans. New fans. Mm -hmm. um, and I do wonder how, you know, people who don't love the 90s in the manner that we do would respond to this record. Mm. But... I have to say, I think, I mean, you know, I just basically ran down River Runs Red and, and Soul Searching Sun, my favourite Life of Agony records. The way I feel about this one at the moment is probably my third favourite Life of Agony record. It's really good, isn't it? It's really good, yeah. Really <laughs> I good. really, really like this album. It, I mean, and I, I am, I, it would, you know, I am a Life of Agony fanboy. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I missed their London show this year, which I was really fucking pissed off about, but I, it was on the same night as something that I had to do, which was not a very nice thing that I had to do either. Um, but um, yeah, I was really, really annoyed that I didn't get to go to that show, but I didn't get to go to that show. And, you know, I've seen them about a few times, you know, pretty much every time they've come back and they're always fucking great live. But it's weird when you get a band who's just been around for that long. It, it, that, that second, I, I wasn't that excited about this. And I think it's possibly that like, you know, A Place Where There's No More Pain was that kind of comeback and it was addressed a lot of... Um, you know, the the things that Mina had been through since obviously, you know, transitioning. Mm -hmm. And I I sort of thought to myself, well, I guess that's kind of, that's that done. And that's maybe as good as it's going to get for them. And, and, and although that album's got some really good songs on it, some really, really, really fucking good songs on it. Like I said, it hasn't really stayed with me like the rest of their back. No, quite. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I did sort of go into it going, oh, well, you know, I will probably get even less, this is, I, I imagined an even more of a diminished return. Um, but what we've got is actually like a kind of concept album of, of, of sorts of, you know, like life in, it feels like, like say again, the nineties, it feels like this is Brooklyn in 1994 or something, yeah. you know, the, the, and life on that street. And um, well, it, well, it's a thematic sequel to river runs. Red. Yeah, river, river, river runs red is about, uh, person who wants to commit suicide basically mm. and sort of ends with um blood what sounds like blood dripping in a bathtub mm. um so there's a sort of you i assumed the protagonist in that story was uh dead uh, no 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 uh because sort of the first thing you yeah. hear this is sirens and like and it's basically the continuing story of this and mm. and um you know the band are called life of agony it doesn't go very well yeah. um it's but, not you know they're, they're not a happy band no, 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 not like, they're all. not a band who uh are ever going to sort of cover walking on sunshine <laughs> i'd love to hear it but no <laughs> um you know what would they're that I, I suppose they're what a lot of people think of when they think of dark grungy type mm. 
stuff. Um, and that's, you know, they, they've always been sort of put in with, you know, metal from that kind of 90s metal, Roadrunner metal, Fear Factory and Biohazard. And then also because of the scene they came from, hardcore as well. But they did always and do have this alternative rock edge to them. And here's a question for you, Stephen Hill. Were Life of Agony ever really a hardcore band? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, in terms of the music, no, definitely not. Like, I, you could go the guitar tone mm-hmm. is really crunchy, mm-hmm. but alt metal, alt metal is a yep. thing. Yeah, you know? I totally then, agree. Typo, yep. uh, prong. Yeah. You know, helmet. That because kind of Life of Agony are always referred to as NYHC. Mm. And they played I, with all those bands. You know yeah, they played like with all they... those bands, but I I just I they were an outlier, I I, I feel. And um, you know, they are you listen to a song like My Mind is Dangerous from Soul mm. Searching Sun, which by the way is fucking oh, it's amazing. It's or desire, like Yeah. Saying? Well it sounds like I mean Stone Temple Pilotsy. And Mate, I do say I, that in a I saying that as a positive. Stone Temple Pilots is on this is the band that I kept thinking mm-hmm. about yeah. all the time. Absolutely. Like, so many times it's like Stone Temple Pilots. I mean you know they When they, they are, were good, to be clear. Yeah, yeah, when they when they were good. Um I mean it does get heavy at points and you know, Joey Z has got uh some serious like amazing guitar tones. Mina is one of the most brilliantly heartfelt, you know, just uh, open vocalists. Yeah, she's excellent uh, on this. And, she, you know, for, in, throughout their entire back catalogue, she's brought that X factor, that something different, that, you know, that nuance, that, you know, that open sort of bleeding heart. Like this is, you know, it, it experience my soul, like such an open person and um her melody's really cool like and her melody's skin. got an fucking amazing voice like her melodies are so great yeah and, and it, when it, they it, go it, quite... it takes you a little while to realize that they're as catchy as they are but after a few listens you're like i cannot get that song out of my mm. head yeah there's one track track 12 weight of the world which is more yeah. of a kind of balladic one mm-hmm. um you mentioned my mind is dangerous i said um desire from sort of soul searching sun they're about they write they're kind of slower numbers their calmer numbers oh. are just fucking they do things that those other metal bands that i mentioned well maybe type in negative because they just wouldn't want to um mm. but they just couldn't do, do mm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. you can't, i can't imagine helmet mm-hmm. or prong being able to write a kind of sensitive alternative rock song nope. and um yeah and it not be schmaltzy and shit <laughs> yeah and it still be like this sounds you know it's good yeah, yeah. Like I, 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 it's annoying because I can't put my finger on what makes it not schmaltzy and shit. It just isn't. Mm. Uh, I don't really know why. But yeah, I'm with you, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I, I mean, I really, I really love Life of Agony. I think we would have again. This is a band who I we would have. Part of me was like, I'm not going to press too hard to cover it because ultimately we'll either go, oh, I love Life of Agony, and ah. Or I'll be going. Oh God, it's a bit of a crappy Life of Agony album. I just think, kind of, what's the point? Um, I, I um, didn't want to listen to it. Um, I was really cynical about this. We've talked about um, second albums that come back after a comeback. Yeah. Um, I didn't think all that much of a, a place of no pain. Um, maybe, maybe I should return to it. I didn't listen to it all that much, admittedly. And the whole kind of oh, thematic sequel to our biggest album, River Runs Red. 
all sounded a little bit desperate to me. Mm, And I I was basically like, I don't want to come on this show and say bad things about Life of Agony, especially in front of Stephen Hill, probably (laughs) their biggest fan. Um, And I genuinely, when you brought it, I I was like, okay, well, it's your choices. I can't, you know, I can't argue it. Um, so I, God, I was so surprised and so pleasantly surprised when it came. I was like, this is cool. This is I great. Wouldn't have put it, if it was shit, I would not have bothered with it because I wouldn't want to. It's the same thing as, I mean, when I was doing something with the other podcast, I was like, when the Helmet album, the last Helmet album came out, oh, I'm going yeah. oh, to cover the new Helmet album. And I was like, nah, oh, no yeah. way. Yeah, I'm yeah. not slagging off Helmet, but I would yeah, have had yeah. to because that album sucks. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, hooray, yeah, it's, it's really good. It's still good. It's really good. Yeah. I love that last song. What's it called? I surrender. Yeah, really good. Yeah, very, yeah. Very good. Although you know, like if you don't like the nineties, you probably don't need to bother. To be honest, I don't like the nineties. You have got real problems in your hands. <laughs> I'm afraid, my friend. Um, all right, let's move on. That's Life of Agony, Sound of Scars. Next album comes from Throws in the hands of an angry god. Has any album ever been more aptly named? <laughs> the debut album from the Idaho-based Sludge Bastards. Out on Holy Raw. Uh, this album came out the week we reviewed Thy Art is Murder. And I didn't realise it came out that week. Mm. And so I... And I had a mini go at you. You should have done the Throws album. Mm. So we've kind of already covered this a little bit. Um, although not really. Because we just said it was good. So. Well, it's better than Thy Art is Murder. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's better than that. It Thy is. Be- it's, it's better than that Thy Art Murder album. Oh yeah, and we should have covered that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Although that sounds a little bit like you're going yeah about this. No, no, no. I like, I like this. This Oh, okay, good. Yes, Um, Renfrey. There's something about a band, and I think I've said this a whole bunch of times that if you are capable of just screaming till the blood vessels in your neck look like they're about to explode over hard entombed style thumping uh like bass bass heavy sludgy nasty hybrid of hardcore early death metal and just plain white noise the chances are that you'll marry that person you've got my vote (laughs) right yes okay and throws do all that stuff ergo i like them (laughs) i don't love all of those bands yeah um so i feel like i can say that this is i mean this is just nasty isn't it and i love yeah. how nasty this is visceral um, savage yeah. yeah crushing it's really quick like it's really like over in how long is this record like 20 uh, it's not long. it's not very long no. but it's very savage and it's very um i kind of want to sort of avoid saying this with holy raw because i feel like holy raw are really properly beginning to branch out and i think there's a really I mean, Alex probably would say that they've been branching out since they started, but like people do refer to bands as a typical Holy War band. I think it's fair to say that Throws are a fairly typical Holy War band. Yeah, I think um, so. Got the same sort of thing, similar or similar sort of thing is uh, mm-hmm. we did we speak about Secret Cutter last year? Oh, did we? Not but sure you, we did. I can't remember, but yes, absolutely they do. Yeah. Uh, I saw Secret Cutter at Roadburn, and yeah, they are just like for. I think I. Or do I prefer this to Secret Cutter? I've not even thought about it. I haven't I th- thought about it either. Mate, they're all, like, in the nicest possible way, all of these bands are the same to me. <laughs> they're all 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. 
it's a really, <laughs> it, it's a really impressive debut i mean like i i think for me I'd want to see them go into other territories and other bits and pieces and kind of like, you know, I mean, the the manner in, I'm not, I'm not saying I want them to be employed to surf, but the manner in which greyer than you remember is just fucking skull shattering. Yeah. Um, and then employed branched out into other shit. Mm. Um, I'd like to see throws branch out into other shit with future releases, not necessarily that groove metal territory or Pantera worship or whatever, but something else. Um, but yeah, I think this is a really fucking cool debut and um, better than my husband. <laughs> <laughs> that night is murder. It was really fucking great, by the way. I still do. I've gone back to that. That is a, it's fine. That is, Nah, fuck off. It's good. It's like, fine. nah, it's good. I'm not having it. It's a really, it's, it's wicked. That in, in fact, it's wicked. That new artist murder album. It's really good. It's really reignited my love for the artist murder. I think they're fucking brilliant. You can shove up your ass. Uh, yeah. And but but uh, I wouldn't disagree that this is better. Probably better. Um, <clears throat> yeah, probably. I mean, in terms of composition and. Oh, fuck yeah. it's def- it is definitely interesting. Like, getting away from it is definitely better. Yeah, um, yeah it's uh, it's not. It's quite hard to review. I, I, it's so hard for me to review these records because I'm just a fucking. Fi- I'm just a slut for this stuff. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Glad you said that. <sighs> anyway, that's um, in the hands of an angry god by throws. It's just loud. Good. All right, next one. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, this is where me and Rimfrey get to argue. Uh, it's JPEG Mafia. All my heroes are cornballs. This is the third full-length record by the New York-based rapper Renfri. Um Did you know anything about JPEG Mafia before going into this? Um, uh, he's on the uh, D De La Deftones bill thing. Yeah, the festival. Festival, Death Festival. 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 I should call it. You should call it the Death Festival. He was on yeah. the Death Festival. Um, uh, hippity hop. Yeah, that's about it. Really, that's it. Okay. Do you want to start this, or should I? Should I, I think it? you should start. I mean, okay. I'm way out of my depth as usual. Okay. Well, that's absolutely fine. Um, JPEG Mafia is not someone that I had actually listened to prior to listening to this record although i was aware of his work and i was aware that um he was someone that i was under the under understanding and impression that me personally i have been told i would like uh, i was told that yeah this is what you know if you want to listen to some hip-hop which will just fuck your head up this is probably what you should listen to and um so post clipping uh i have gone oh yeah i want to listen to a bunch of them and obviously they uh i think i said at the time that uh clipping um on their their sort of related artists jpeg mafia was one of them and mm. i listened to a bunch of other people who were si- of, of a similar vein um experimental hip-hop kind of experimental will. hip-hop yeah mm. and this one was one of the ones that stood out for me the most i think nothing really has come close and i doubt anything will come close to to that clipping record but um but this record certainly stood out for me for a lot of ways. I mean, you know, it, it's got a few of the tropes of um, what we spoke about, about the, that kind of populist music, which I'm not that keen on. The, the the brevity of songs, the constant changing in direction constantly where you just don't really know where you are. 
Um, Sounds a bit like a Spotify play. Uh, yeah, playlist. yeah, yeah. Which can be a good thing or a bad thing depending on how heavily th those elements take you. Like on the Show Me the Body album, it took me a little while, but it got me. Uh, the enemy said JPEG Mafia seems the perfect artist for this particular cultural movement mm. and uh, moment, sorry. And they were specifically referring to the manner in which it's constant. This record is constantly changing. Yeah. They said it's constantly changing genre. I think that's going way OTT, but I think it does. It's very scatterbrained. Yes. I mean, <laughs> It, it reminds me a bit of... Uh, the other thing it's got is lots of that, which Clipping didn't have at all, which I was like, good. Uh, lots of that, like, um, uh, auto-tuned vocal. Mm. Lots of auto-tuned vocal. Mm -hmm. Not sure how I feel about that, but weirdly... I do know how I feel about that. I, know I think it's it. fucking abhorrent. Yeah, you don't like mm -hmm. it, do you? Um, I can take it for a bit. Uh, but but Bon did it. I mean, you know, the, the, the twenty two when we did 22 a million... You know, I struggled with that because I was like, fucking, what, Jesus, what's going on? This is like, mm. it's all over the shop. And this record is a, has got that as well, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, now, yeah. I wouldn't say that he has, uh, I wouldn't compare him directly to Bon Iver, but it's certainly I, I, I get a where, similar I get where you're coming feeling from. that this record gives me. Well, in terms of like, it, it feels all over the place. Yeah, and, and it's yeah. a yeah, difficult, yeah, yeah. Totally. I mean, this, this is a difficult, records to listen to like i find it quite a hard thing to you know it's 45 minutes long which isn't mad long for a record but it fucking feels like it because it's stuffed with because so many different just things go, it feels yeah. like you're sitting next to someone who is constantly changing the tv channel yes right um having said that uh that feels like i've been pretty negative i brought it in just to be negative about it i haven't at all i think it's actually when it's good i think this is great like there's a few bits on it. There's um there's something it called uh Grimmy Walfu, which is the fifth track, I think um uh, that's how you say it. Uh and Keenan versus Kel, the second track on it, uh, which feels like a proper song as well. Mm, like yeah. when it's aggressive and when it's got this really kind of harsh in like again, kind of industrial bleeding that beat that kind of bleeds outside and he's very aggressive i mm. like that mm. i'm all about that i mm. think that's really really good um it never quite stays long enough for me because i can handle it being pretty much you know if you gave me a 30 to 25 to 30 minute long album of him being like that mm. i'd be all over it mm. it's a weird one this because it feels like um what i liked about like the the only other sort of hip-hop artist that we've done in depth in review as a review is ocean wisdom and ocean wisdom for me musically is not really that interesting uh it's just cool because he's such a good rapper but musically like you know it, it, it it's not particularly like wow look look how you know musically kind of dexterous this is um whereas this musically is far more interesting than him as a rapper I think. I think it goes to a lot more different places. I'm not always entirely convinced that the quality of the places it goes to is good. I think sometimes it's really interesting. Mm. Uh, what was the example I was going to use? Um, oh, on um, beat mail strategies mm -hmm. has this really odd kind of 
Almost guitar feet. Oh, sorry, beta male. Yeah. Yeah. Wrote that down wrong. Um, it has this weird kind of, um, yeah, guitar feedback type mm. thing which comes in, which is, you know, it's really interesting. There was, there was a lot of times during this record where it made me go, huh, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, and I will say, I, I, th- I think that analogy of uh, sitting down and someone changing the channels is a really, really good one. I think that will kind of... Uh, almost tell you whether you're being to this or not because that that you that could sound like a really cool thing and like oh my god it's all it's all over the place and it goes to all these different places or it could feel really really irritating in that mm-hmm. it never really or, or i won't say never it rarely settles in a place much it's really really like here's a snippet of this and here's a snippet of that and here's this and that and that yeah. and that and that um it's like a hip-hop record for the adhd Degeneration kind Which of thing is what it is. Hello. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like Snapchat hip hop. Snapchat hip hop. I like that. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, what I admired about this is how, considering that it is all over the place all the time, I was really stunned at how cohesive it is. It almost feels like what makes it is co- cohesive is there's nothing cohesive about it at all. Mm. <laughs> that might be what the cohesion is. Yeah. I'm not even sure. But, um, uh, you know, I was like, I, I found that incredibly impressive. Um, there's a few records where it's gotten to really, really create all sorts of places and it's felt cohesive, but it's a very difficult thing to do. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think you were expecting me to no. enjoy this record or like no. it. And I don't think anyone list, who's been listening for a long time would ex- be expecting me because it has a lot of the hallmarks and issues that I've discussed in the past about hip hop and um, which bug me. Um, Ego's full in on that as well, doesn't he? Let's be honest. Say that again. Ego's full in on that, doesn't he? He's not. He goes full. Yeah, he goes like, for, yeah. He I know goes. you said at the clip now. I mean, you know, there are a couple of times I wish maybe he hadn't said that. I mean, this is like the entire thing. He could go, yeah. Let's rip up the entire lyric sheet and just yeah. throw it away because I think he's very, very aggressive and he's not. He's not really um, particularly apologetic about. No, no, way, no, 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 know, no. Like all of the things that you would expect an angry hip hop man to be saying is what he says. Yeah, but then, but then, you know, I mean, I, one thing I will say, I don't think he's particularly postury which is something which often annoys me yeah, about yeah, this sort true. of thing and i don't mm. think it's like posture in that sort of gangster rap sense um so i was like well that's something going and he's actually got a bit of soul in his voice as well i don't think he i, I don't think he stays on that soulfulness enough for me to be interested in it but occasionally i get these little bits where i'm like you've got like almost a little bit of john legend in you or something like that or yeah. um uh, michael kiwanuka isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know like that stuff's I'm I'm into that. I think that's really really cool. Mm. Um, I think it's almost like I I, I get really annoyed. <laughs> the bugbear for me, I suppose, is like a lot of the music that we talk about. I mean, I suppose it happens less and less and less these days. But in a mainstream sense, is tainted with this. Oh, it has all of these issues in it. It's misogynist. It's this. It's that. Um, and then, but hip hop gets a pass. And I don't really understand why. I don't think hip hop gets a pass. 
in a in I think in a mainstream critical music sense, I mean this this album's really highly uh rated and yeah, and yeah. reviewed like yeah. got a score of 85 on metacritic i'm i've not been through all of the reviews or anything like that and i'm not saying that no one's mentioned it because i couldn't say that or not but um some of the stuff that is said on this record if it were on a rock record would be absolutely yeah polarized yeah. oh yeah i agree with that and 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 that. i think something that has I something that has just bugged me that that just always bugs me about I don't know if I could even call this mainstream hip hop because it is it is experimental but it feels it's mainstream in that well, he's doing, attitudes. He's doing all you know he's doing pretty good business. Yeah. He's not he's not the biggest, you know. I think this album it said it debuted in the Billboard 200 on uh, at number 105 which doesn't suggest that he is this massive mm. mainstream kind of phenomenon mm. but you know uh, we'll see i guess but it's his third album and he's only been around for like five years hasn't he mm. five six years so you know and it's it just i that that hypocrisy i mean you could argue that that's more an issue with the music industry rather than the people making it but mm. that hypocrisy annoys me so much <laughs> like yeah, it really really that, irritates actually, me but you know um... although i will say actually just super quickly and i think a point that i've maybe not made clearly enough in the past when we've talked about these records these records are not made. They they are not made for me. They no. are they are not aimed at me. Of course they're not. No. So it's kind of like it's, it's why it's always a bit weird doing these records because it's like it's very hard to. I try very hard to be like let's be professional and say the things which you think are good or about it. But at the end of the day, am I ever going to like a record like this when it's not? I mean, it's quite specifically not aimed at me. Mm. I don't think it's aimed at me either, no. really. Like, I mean, you know, I don't think it's aimed at me. I think it's, you know, part of our job and our and critical analysis is to put yourself in the position where you look at that from various different positions that aren't your own. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. that like it's important to be able to do that if you're a good music journalist. I think, mm. um, you know, I, I said some positive things about it. Of course, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that you're incapable. You're not doing that, or you're not capable <laughs> of doing that. Obviously, you know, you have said some uh, things about it, but but yeah, like I get what you're saying. Like, you know, obviously, it's a lot easier for you and I to review Life of Agony yeah. than yeah, it yeah, is yeah. to review this. Yeah. Um, personally, I I like this, and I like the fact that I'm 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 glad that music like this is being made. Mm-hmm. Um, from what, and, from what sense from what perspective well i just think that you know this has i would imagine he's got a chance of being a pretty big big star. yeah i i can i can see that I he's got a chance of being a pretty big star and there is nothing on this record which is easy to digest nope. there's nothing on this record which is i mean you know <laughs> the irony of this is is that i don't actually think he's a, a particularly standout rapper no, Do you know I, what I mean, I he's don't not actually either. a great rapper. No, it's, but but everything around him, and like you mentioned, you know, the little soulful bits, and when he he's actually got he's got a a, a quite a big scream on him as well. Mm-hmm. Like he could be in, like you know, I'm sure if we get, hey mate, if you try harder, you could be in a metal band. But like he, could, <laughs> like you know, I'm not going to do that. But like, but he could be if he wanted to be in a metal band. I'm pretty sure he could be in it. You know, he could do you know heavy vocals and i'm sure he could he can sing as well mm. so like you know he's obviously very talented and he's got so many ideas and 
I, you know, I don't want, and we mentioned the Blood Brothers earlier. The first mm, time I heard mm. the Blood Brothers, I was like, what's about to happen? I don't know. Mm, mm, and I do mm. like records. In that sense, I think it probably, you know, it is made for someone who thinks about music and goes, I like to be surprised by music. I like to be um, shook by music. I like to be pulled from my comfort zone by mm. music. And that record, this record did that to me. You know, post kind of listening to the clipping record, uh, I mean, the clip, like, just to be clear, the clipping record is significantly be more enjoyable and better than this undoubtedly like absolutely yeah. it's better than this undoubtedly uh but this is good like i think this is good i don't think it's great i think it's good uh and i think what's good about it is that you know there's stuff in it that i don't like that i'm glad is in there mm. do you know what i mean there's a there's a bit like you mentioned bml strain um strategies which is again like yeah that's fucking great mm. and then it just stops and mm. there's 54 seconds of jpeg mafia type beat which is absolute nonsense oh it just made me laugh out loud jpeg ma uh, type mafia beat no nope. yeah yeah the, JPEG type mafia beat. yeah 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 and it's like what what are you doing are you trying to yeah. ruin your own album yeah but you yeah, kind of yeah. think like like I say, yeah. it's funny and and oh, there's a load there's a lot of humor in this record yeah loads you, of humor in there. you kind of um <laughs> say what you said on twitter again <laughs> <laughs> like yeah it's it's really aggressive it's really leery um, it's really kind of, uh, I don't know, forward thinking is a word, but certainly thoughtful and, and certainly like there's been a lot of effort to put into the fact that it will, it will make people feel very uncomfortable. I think it's one of those records that it, it an awful lot of effort has gone into making it sound like a total mess. Yeah. And, you know, occasionally that's cool. And I, I think, you know, I, I would be interesting to see if he, uh, goes further down that route and just mm. becomes nastier and larrier and you know <laughs> more of a fucking pain in the ass it sounds like his previous album was that apparently mm. just from a couple i mean <laughs> i felt like i needed a little bit of help with this one so i might have read a couple of reviews yeah. uh just to uh uh but it sounds like his um previous record was more that kind of thing so mm. maybe you should go to that but don't bring it into the show no i won't well <laughs> you know i'm just saying that if he does that or if he goes no no actually let's find the thing that i'm actually really good at yeah and let's try and make a really good album that will sound good in 20 years time because again the clipping record will sound good in 20 years time yeah i'm not sure that this will i think there's a lot of modern stuff on this record which will date it yeah. um yeah i think i mean when you were saying all that stuff about like how it goes all over the place and you like stuff like that and we talk about the blood brothers and that absolutely does that i definitely like music which constantly surprises me mm. i can't deny that mm. um but with this one, I think I have to go back to your changing the channels analogy. And if I don't have control of the remote, I'm just going to get pissed off. Yeah, fair. Okay. Well, anyway, All My Heroes Are Cornballs by JPEG Mafia. I mean, if you're interested in that sort of thing, I would imagine you've already heard it. Hmm. Um, for me, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely worth listening to. Um, we've got two more left. Kim Gordon's No Home Record is the next record. It's the debut solo album by Kim Gordon, the legend of alternative rock, um, the Sonic Youth, former Sonic Youth bassist. Well, yeah, former or, singer, songwriter, bassist, guitarist and vocalist with Sonic Youth, yeah. if you want to give her um, a... Uh, author of the book, um, Girl in the Band. Yes. Which yes. is... Excellent. Fucking excellent book. And Sonic Youth are fucking excellent. So, you know what? I just knew Kim Gordon had a solo album out and I thought since we'd covered a lot of 
um the uh we did the pixies we yep. did the yep. um we didn't do the breeders album did we no, no we, we didn't. didn't we, we did um we did the the uh kia slinny sleeta kinney yeah, yeah, so yeah, and yeah. i thought you know kim gordon being probably one of the most influential people from that movement that yeah. kind of 90s right girl thing and also if sonic youth was still a band and they released a new album there is absolutely no right we'd, we'd be, be doing over, it, yeah. over that absolutely. um uh i did not expect this no i did not expect this renfrey no you could not expect an artist who started in what 1984 something like that 93 94 first sonic youth album 83 i think mm, yeah probably 84 like a long 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 time ago when yeah. you and i were either not alive or in nappy i was right? a, i was not alive has made a record <laughs> like i mean just to be like just to fess up about actually whether or not i like the record i'm not entirely sure whether or not i like this record that much i like bits of it i think bits of it are really good there's something called airbnb which is fucking brilliant on here um but for kim gordon to be this deep into a career and make a record which probably has more in common with that jpeg mafia album that we were just talking about than it does anything to do with kind of 80s post-punk yeah like shit the bed one of the first things i wrote in my notes was credit where credit is due this does not sound like the work of a 66 year old musician no um you know not to bring her age into it but um my point is it feels really modern and experimental and very current and very um twisted and weird and dark and odd. yeah i mean yeah you know experimental rock noise rock um in, a bit of industrial and electronic electronica in there as well but when you say that in uh in conjunction with someone like kim gordon mm. if you say like oh they've made a kind of electronic album like when the perry perry farrell album came in i like that perry farrell yeah album. i like that it's really good yeah but that sounds like perry farrell going i like electronic music but i like it from the sort of mid 90s i wasn't entirely I thought there were surprises on it, but I wasn't entirely surprised yeah. by the entire At, feel of the record. And it didn't feel... It's good, but it didn't feel cutting edge. But this yeah. kind of feels contemporary. I definitely think it feels contemporary. It's pretty amazing, that. That's, That's pretty amazing. That's incredibly impressive. Yeah. Do you like the record? I hate it. Do you? Yeah, and I really... This is the record <laughs> which I'm least keen to talk about because i've got an, aw an awful lot of respect for kim gordon mm. and an awful lot of respect for sonic youth i'm not a diehard sonic youth fan but you know all the classics goo daydream nation the washing machine one isn't it called washing machine no all right. um yeah. murray street blah, blah, blah. i you know when sonic youth are good they were fucking amazing um i was lucky enough to see them live they split up they blew me away bloody blah, blah. Um, I didn't want to say anything bad about Kim Gordon. Um, I I hate this record. I hate it. I think I think I all of that all of that preamble that we just said. I stand by every word and I agree with everything you're saying. It's really awesome that um, someone who's been doing it this long is has made a record this contemporary and modern. Mm -hmm. um, I just think I think it's a very disparate collection of ideas and musical motifs which feel incredibly disjointed. There's no real sense of cohesion whatsoever. 
Mm. Uh, actually, in a way, similar to the JPEG Mafia record. Well, it's similar but to somehow the JPEG Mafia record, I, you know, in a way, I actually think the JPEG Mafia record is better than this album, which I did not think I would be I, saying. I would definitely say that the JPEG Mafia album is better than this, yeah. Um, there's a noisy eccentricity to the record, which is, you know, really intriguing, certainly. But I just don't feel like there's any songs that ever hook me at any point. Mm. Um, it's really interesting. I, I was looking at a lot of the reviews. I never. I, there's nothing that I latch onto with this album. I was looking at a lot of the reviews, um, many of which have been incredibly positive, by the way. Yeah. Um, and the, I was seeing a lot of reviews saying that, like, she marries noise rock to pop sensibilities. I mean pop in the sense that the songs are like four minutes long but other than that i don't really know where like yeah. there's, there's nothing that hooks me at all um and they just feel like really strange noise experiments that are half finished i definitely prefer the noisy but it's, it's okay so i just so we know i brought this in or just i decided we were going to cover it mm. before i'd heard it yes because I said to you, I, like, I think I'm going to put the Kim Gordon album. To be honest, I was quite keen when it came. The week it came out, I was quite keen to. Um, it came out in October. October yeah. was crackers, crazy mm-hmm. for records. But yeah, yeah. Um, so I put it in, going like, "Yeah, we're going to do that because Kim Gordon, great, right?" Um, it's not a great record. No, it's not a great record, and there's no getting away from it. It's not. I think you know, like I said, there's bits and bobs on here, which I mean, I I think I obviously definitely like it more than you because I think Airbnb is really good. Um, Guardian said that Airbnb was one of the best rock songs of the year. Okay, well, that is insane. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, I, <laughs> that is good, insane. Though, but it is, but I, you know, I, 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 it's not that. But it's one good. of the best rock songs of the year, though. No, it's not that. It's not quite. It's the best thing refuse have ever done but it's uh yeah it's that, that review gave it five stars by the way yeah wow bloody hell really four know. stars in q magazine four stars in uncut four stars in the independent eight out of ten in, line of best fit fuck me eight out of ten on pitchfork eight out of ten on pitchfork who hate everything that's pretty mad um <laughs> i think you know i prefer this record when it's full pelt and noisy Oh, okay. I, I, there's, there's, and there's not like, I, I don't mind it at that point. I think I like when, when she's going full crackers, like really synth heavy, boom, 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 and she's like screaming, like shouting. She's never really screaming over the top of it when she's kind of wailing over the top of it. There are bits in there where I go, oh yeah, this is good. Do you prefer a wail or a scream though? I prefer a scream. I prefer a scream to a whale. Yeah, me too. But she's not really a screamer, is she? She ain't a screamer. No. She's um, definitely a whaler. Definitely a whaler. Um, and I think, you know, stuff like on, um, yeah, like Hungry Baby. Uh, there's a bit of that. Uh, earthquake gets a bit like it. Yeah, it's sort of the second half of the record. Um, but overall, it's not a great record, this. It's interesting. And it's to definitely Kim, interesting. To Kim Gordon's credit that she is able to make a record which sounds so obnoxious and nauseating as it yeah. often does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, there's I, daughter's comparisons to be made here, I think. Yeah. In terms, of, not 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 necessarily sonically, but just in terms of how this record made me feel and how uncomfortable mm. I was. Mm. <sighs> but it's, um, it, yeah, it's probably not one that I would go back to. I felt like there's a song called Cookie Butter on it um which is probably one of the ones yeah. you like because it's super super noisy yeah i do like that actually that's but actually that gets 
fucking exhausting. That song. Mm, well, yes, it does. It sounded like an acoustic cover of the um, Atari Teenage Riot set at Brixton when they supported <laughs> yeah. Nine Inch Nails, as yeah. far as I was concerned. By the time we got to Get Your Life Back, the last song on the record... I felt like I'd been put off listening to music forever. <laughs> um, I really don't like this album at all. Oh, <laughs> I really don't like it. I'm, I, I think it is stunning that someone who's been doing it this long is able to produce a record that makes me feel that, that, that makes me feel that strongly about it. I really hate this record. Wow, fucking hell, okay. And I, re- and I, and I, I, I hate, I don't say that with any joy at all because I think Kim Gordon's a fucking legend. But I hate it. Mm. Well, I can, I, I can see why you hate it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm not sitting here going, what, why would you hate yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. can absolutely see why you hate it. I don't hate it. I just don't need it, I think is the thing. Uh, maybe it's maybe again, again it's that kind of mainstream attitude of like oh it's kim gordon five stars four stars four yeah, stars four stars works. it's got 80 out of uh, 100 on metacritic i mean this has been a well-reviewed record if this was a new artist and it was her debut record no one would have paid this any attention whatsoever no i think you're right let's think face it right. and look you know I, I i will say it again kim gordon is a fucking legend but i'm sorry no so that's No Home Record by uh, Kim Gordon, who Renfrey hates. No. <laughs> uh, it's, like, do... it's like a heavy music machine, you know? Yeah, it is, yeah. It is, yeah. Hey, maybe you come back to it in 10 years and go, oh, that's a genius. Who knows? Well, who knows? Maybe I will. Maybe maybe I will. But fucking AA right now. Yeah. Uh, right, one last record. It comes from Nile. Vile Nihilitic Rights, the ninth album from the Southern... The South Carolina-based death metal. Is that from South Carolina? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, now I do. I thought they were from Egypt. I thought they were, yeah, I thought <laughs> they were from Egypt. Um, uh, they like Egypt. They, they bloody love Egypt. They're fucking so, obsessed with it. They are. Um, uh, I'm going to say this, Renfrey. It's been a bit of a rough decade for Nile in terms of their output. <laughs> you never say that. What? Did you say, I never say this? No, I said, oh, I'm going to say this. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's been a bit of a rough decade for Nile. And their uh, recorded output. You're kind of filling me in with this because I have to say a uh, quick bit of background. Um, I heard a song from Black Seeds of Vengeance. It may have even been the title track on the Radio One Rock show uh, when Marianne Hobbs was presenting it. Oh, second, yeah. second mention for her. Um, and um, I was 15 and I reckon it was probably it was either Nile or Morbid Angel. I can't remember which came first. But it was the first death metal song that I heard where I went, huh, this isn't all noise. Mm. Um, because, you know, Palette hadn't, you know, Slayer was probably the heaviest thing I listened to at that point, blah, blah, blah. So from that perspective, I feel like Nile are an important band to me. Not that I've ever been a massive death metal they're aficionado. Important, they're an important band to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, really, uh, really important. Where's that? Um, for a similar sort of reason, to be honest, mate. I mean, uh, what I was going to say was... Uh, it's not been a great decade for now. I think at the gates of Sethu and what should not be on earth are not their strongest collection of songs. Put it that way. Um, the last one that I, I liked a lot was the one before that in 2009. Those, uh, those whom the gods detest, which is great. But ultimately Renfrey, what I'm saying is black seeds of vengeance. Fuck damn. Mm-hmm. And that's why I keep coming back to Nile. Mm-hmm. Because when they're good, 
Oh my Christ, are they good? Black Seas um, Avengers was 19 years ago, though. It was 19 years ago. Yes, you're quite right. I mean, uh, although sorry, when was the last one that you liked? 2009. 2009. 10 years ago. Okay. Yes, yeah, 10 years. Um, and even there's a there's like the the it's a phallic, whatever it's called in 2007. Mm, that's, that's not great either. Okay. But um, but you know the run they had from the the for, like the catacombs one, the first one, which is alright, mm. uh, which is good actually, very good. And Black Seas Vengeance in their Darkness Shrines, Annihilation of the Wicked. That run then, ho, oh, uh, that's what I'm talking about. First four albums, basically. Yeah, like, like four of the first five, particularly, I think, are fucking really great. But Black Seeds of Vengeance probably was. You said there's something played from Black Seeds of Vengeance on the radio and rock show, and that made you go, "Wow." Yes, and um, it was the first time, either that or Morbid Angel, blah, but it was the first time I had ever heard death metal and actually seen. Well, probably, if I'm honest, seen merit in it. You know, as I say, I was 15 years old. It was partly because my palate hadn't been open to that at that point. But yes, it was Nile or Morbid Angel, one of those mm, bands. Mm. And because I would have heard them on the Radio 1 Rock Show, I'm sure. Yeah. They were um, a band who I think, you know, I had heard Death Metal and just gone, nah. Exactly. And, exactly. And then I heard them and I was like, mm, yeah. And yeah, very very similarly exactly i was like oh fuck me this is really like insane yeah and morbid angel hadn't come in to get, oh because of morbid angel yeah. were were 90s obviously but, yeah. I, hadn't heard them but I mean you know a lot of the kind of that the death metal when when that came along death metal was rubbish at that point death metal was in a right old state like mm. it was crap mm. and in flames well in flames was hardly a death metal band in by the year 2000 i mean what sort of you know. well they released colony in 99 didn't they yeah i suppose yeah well yeah but th that's much more of a i mean it's melodic death metal. yeah melodic death metal. it is i mean that is different to this yeah, yeah like definitely different i mean you know because entombed was still doing entombedy things yeah you could call into you know entombed a death metal band but um and there are a lot of good grindcore bands around at that time as well but i think i heard this on a something i first heard on a relapse record sampler i think and I was like, that just sounds so beyond insane. Yeah. Whereas the sort of, when people were talking to me about Cannibal Corpse, you know, you were talking about the sort of, the that pre, that kind of pre-kill Cannibal mm -hmm. Corpse mm -hmm. um, after the sort of, the, the early classics. Mm -hmm. Where like, well, yeah, you know, like it's, it's all right, but it didn't exactly make you go, wow. Yeah. Um, I hadn't heard Dying Fetus that time. I think maybe if I heard Dying, like, you know, those Dying Fetus albums from around that time, I probably would have possibly felt a little bit different. But you know, my download. Hmm. Hmm. But you know, all of the all of the bands from that time that I heard that were kind of supposed to be classic death metal, the albums they were putting out at that point were bum. Um, and, then Noel, and then Noel came along, and I was like, "Oh fuck me, this is fucking." savage like so savage and yeah i i really really love Nile. that being said they're hit and miss okay i think that was the point i was trying to get to mm -hmm. um so i went into vile nihilistic rights i always get a bit excited when a new Nile album comes out because i really like them um but i've learned to <laughs> temper, <laughs> temper my your expectations. expectations quite a lot um, first listen through on this, I really liked it. I was like, oh, good. You know, it feels like it's not as manic 
and mental as uh, as the early stuff. No. It started to feel like almost bordering on being a um, a more straightforward kind of death metal band as opposed to the wild and crazy, super progressive, unbelievably insanely technical stuff that they used to do. I was like, nah, yeah, yeah, this is quite a kind of straightforward, just, you know, meaty death metal record. Yeah, bits of it are. Yeah. And bits of it are. Mm. Um, that was my sort of first listen. Mm. And I remember actually stomping around in the rain, going to Asda, put it on, walked around Asda with the Nile album on, buying milk and yogurts, kicking people as I walked <laughs> past. It's good. Uh, just a normal Sunday just evening. Just a normal Sunday. And up. I was like, oh, yeah, good. Yeah, we'll re-. And I thought, yeah, we'll review this. Uh, and I wanted to bring it in because I like talking about Nile. Have to say, um, the more I listen to it, the more I go, mm, don't know. It's all right. Yeah. Isn't it? It's all right. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's just all right. It's all right. It's just all right. And I don't. I don't want them to be just all right. I think they. I want them to be better than that. And they're, they're not. It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. Mm. I mean, you know, I, yeah, I don't have a lot to say about it. Here's the things I do have to say about it. Uh, the bombast that begins Seven Horns of War reminds me of the evil villain entrance music from pretty much every Disney film ever made, uh, which is... I think Seven Horns of War might be the best song on the record because it's absolutely fucking... It's stupid <laughs> it's, it's so, so fucking stupid it's kind of nile meets nightwish isn't it yeah i mean it, it, it's ridiculous yeah uh, uh, that sounds like i should hate it why are they doing that but actually it, no, you kind no. of have to just go sometimes somebody just goes sometimes somebody just pulls their pants down in the middle of the street and you go why did you do that and you kind of have to respect the fact that they did it because you're, <laughs> you're like why you never respect me when i do it <laughs> no, well no this is very irritating for mm. me um no i mean actually I, I that might sound when i say it, it sounds like the evil villain entrance music for pretty much any disney film that might sound like a slight i'm i think that's actually kind of cool yeah. uh but you know it sounds it's, metal, i mean it? it's Fucking bonkers metal. yeah it's just bon- yeah it's metal. it's bonkers um what else did it like oh there's a song on it called snake pit mating which Frenzy. is another great song uh, well, that's I was, like was going to say that's minutes. a great night out if you're on the old, uh, if you're having a little mating well, frenzy maybe. in a snake pit. Yeah, just a recommendation. I mean, that is less than three minutes long. That, song. that is a good song though, and, and I like it. Go, I like it. Like it when goes, what? Snake pit yeah. yeah, fucking really good. Yeah. And also, what an image. I mean, yeah, it's pretty. Disgusting. <laughs> I don't like snakes, so. no oh, thanks. Nah, I really? don't like snakes, mate. Nah, fuck that. Why you don't need them, do you? Why? Why do they have them? Why does the world need snakes? <laughs> Why? Oh, Who made a the, snake and went, yeah. The logic that. of you don't need it, so why, is... is They're horrible. I mean, okay. All right. That's, we're not reviewing snakes. Well, good, because they're getting 1K. <laughs> <laughs> 1K for snakes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, brilliant song. Like there's a few you've, you picked. You picked kind of my two favourites. Yep, I've picked my two favourites too because I have nothing else to say about the rest of the record because uh, it's a song just called the Oxford Handbook of Savage Genocidal Warfare. Love the name, uh, and that's a good song as well. Okay, mm. the rest of it is a bit of a mush. Yeah, it's fine. If you really like death metal, if you mm. love it, like, I'd love to. I'd love to know what Sammy uh, Irwin from uh, Employee Surf thinks of this record. <laughs> He probably loves it. I bet he's like, yeah, I fucking love it. Because he fucking loves death metal. Yeah. But 
if you... I liked it. I, like, I... I, I'm, I'm, you like be... you like death metal. No, well, I like it a bit more than just I like death metal. I like it a bit more than that. But do you I love f- it? I think I when I well I think I do love it. Yeah, but I don't think I love it just because I love it. Do you know what I mean? I don't love would it. Uncondi- you... I don't love it. Renfrew, I don't love it unconditionally. Would you attempt to mate with it in a pit of snakes? Definitely not. Frenziedly, I think no. Sammy Owen would. Yeah. So hence, I think he would like this record. Yeah. Well, but you know, I th- I think unless you adore, like, I, th- I think unless you just fucking, uh, unless death metal pumps through your veins, I'm not sure if you'll get loads out of this album, and that's kind of okay. Mm. But um, I was just like, eh, it's all right. That's <laughs> all right. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame that, but then it, you know. It happens to a lot of a lot a lot of bands, and it's been happening to Nile for a while. And to be fair, this is not a bad record. They've made some bad no. records. They've made some records where I've gone, now, why? Like, yeah, it's too long, and it's just you know. I don't think it's a mess. Bad. I, I don't think this is a mess. There's one or two. There's a uh, there's a like which is a spoken wordy bit which I wasn't sure yeah. about, yeah. Uh, where I was like, oh dearie dearie dearie. Um, but no, you know, no, it's not bad. It's just perfect it's meat and potatoes isn't it yeah meat and potatoes death metal and you know that'll be enough for some people and that's totally fine but you know i'm i i you know i i you are not that guy i'm not that guy i i i like some death metal dip my toe in to the death metal pool it's a pool of blood we're doing catalytic habitation next week and i think that will sort of show up like, I think we're doing it the week after, aren't we? Okay, yeah. yeah. Fine, but, but we are doing Cal- Cal- Capitation too. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, so, I wasn't too bothered by the Anthropocene scene. Anthropo- well, so, and everyone fucking adores that record. Yeah, so yeah. that shows you how much I like it. Yeah. Fair enough. Like, okay, well, anyway, that's Nile. Vile Nihilitic Rites is out now. And that's it. Um, just, a recap. Yeah, a yeah, recap. just a recap we did I did Slaves of uh, Fear or Volume 4 Slaves of Fear by Health that's the kind of LA industrial noise terrorists with uh, what I thought was female vocals turns out it's actually not um, Show Me the Body Dog Whistle uh, great kind of experimental hardcore that goes to all manner of places Snow Ghosts A Quiet Ritual again a uh, an amalgam of folk and electronic music and post rock all kind of put into one lovely dark package uh <laughs> port noir the new routine um the swedish not really progressive but definitely alt rock band who um just happened to be on an alt rock label um prog rock label prog rock label sorry yes prog rock label okay. um ashbringer absolution atmospheric black metal which is brilliantly written but terribly captured, unfortunately. Terribly captured. That's lovely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Sound of Scars by Life of Agony, the sixth album from the uh, alt metal 90s legends, which sounds straight out of the 90s. And if you like the idea of the 90s, you will probably like that. In the Hands of an Angry God by Throws, the debut album from one of them sludge bands that I just get my willy out over. Stephen Hill's love making music. Yeah. yeah. Um, Let's put this on, darling. Yeah. No. JPEG Mafia's All My Heroes Are Cornballs, uh, which is the fucking maddest <laughs> rap album you'll hear in a in a lifetime, probably. All over the place. Very, very eclectic. Um, very, very uh, ADHD. But ultimately... ADHD hip-hop, we call it, didn't we? Yeah, ADHD hip-hop. Channel um, hopping hip-hop. Channel hopping Kim hip-hop. Kim Gordon's No Home Record, the debut solo album by Kim Gordon. 
um, from Sonic Youth. It is hard fucking work, that record. (laughs) And Vile Nihilitic Rights by Nile, the ninth album from the death metal legends not quite living up to their legacy. So there you go. Next week, we will be doing normal stuff and we'll also be bringing back trade-off yes at uh, last which we haven't done for ages no we'll be getting back to a fairly normal regime next week and probably the week after and then we will have albums of the year yeah. coming up yeah it's happening in a couple of shows time um but yeah next week i think we're going to do like dj shadow maybe yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. we'll do that sleep token record next week yeah okay <laughs> we'll see um, no, no, we can do it. Up. Yeah, we should do it. Because Oh, we've got to do it. We've got to do it. Got to do it. About that. All right, cool. Okay, well, anyway, uh, shout out our friends at Musicism, musicism.net for your courses. 25% off if you put right in the code in the checkout in capital letters. We'll see you next week. And we'll be talking DJ Shadow. Quite looking forward to that. Mm, yeah. Should be good. Thanks very much, Renfrey. I'll see you later. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>